Luke, how'd you do? Uh, somewhere in the middle. It came together pretty quick, but about album seven, I was kind of struggling <laughs> a little bit. Looks like, fuck it, I did one. You guys can suck Yeah, it. <laughs> he's like, suck a dick. <laughs> Guys and gals, welcome to Dude Check This Out, the top 10 edition of the 2010. Remix. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It. Uh, this is the remix of the 2010s. We got Hambone Relay. We got Luke. We got Jordan. We got Mark, and I am Rob. How's everybody doing? Hey. Hey, you know, Good. dream baby. Right. Doing well. You mean the nightmare? We're all stuck at home, quarantined, so we're doing right. Yeah, it isn't. I am really missing playing live right now. Um, I I play drums in my basement all day, and I'm I'm starting to forget what it feels like to play outside. (laughs) Um, but you know, can you you play drums at any time of the day, Rob? I can only play from till like about eight o'clock, and then I start feeling a little weird because you can definitely hear the drums outside of my house from my basement. Yeah. Do Do you guys have sound problems like playing? Yeah, I can only play like 5 p.m. to 8. It kind of sucks. That's Wait, good. why? Wow, really? Well, it doesn't suck, but I, you know, I have roommates and they all work from home and they have meetings and stuff. Well, that sucks. So you're just like in the house and you can't even play guitar unless like it's unamped? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I can play softly, but if I want to do some recording, uh, I kind of got to wait. Mm, that, that stinks. I, I yeah, well, it's part of having with... roommates. I can get away with playing my my neighbor to the if you're looking at the front of my house to the right of me. Um, she's been staying in Westchester with her with her partner. So like they basically were like, we're gonna stay away from the city to avoid any you know health issues. So they've been she's been working from home in Westchester, and it, like in a house with a yard and it has some space. And then to the left of me, there's technically like a a weird gap between my house and like these new construction houses. Yep. Um, and her bedroom, like my, my neighbor on the left, her bedroom's on the second floor. My office, like this space is on my third floor uh, with the amp. So I can play pretty much all day up until whenever my girlfriend wants to go to sleep, which during the <laughs> week is like, is like you know I, I would have to stop at like ten thirty at the latest, but on the weekends like yeah that's pretty good yeah that's awesome yeah I could I could play all day so I've been like I've been making these like funny tracks and just like setting a tempo and just recording like a ton of fucking riffs in the same key and then doing like virtual drum beats and like finding a you know like finding a groove that matches the riffs and just copy pasting a bunch of stuff cool and then. Uh, a few, like two days ago, I, I decided to just sit down and like power out some riffs and then add beats to it. And that's when I came up with this last tune that I'm calling it parentheses open windows. I love it. Nice. Love it. So the song is called windows, but I like you ever, you've seen of like bands, they'll, they'll put like a, a song, it'll be called something. And then there'll be like parentheses after it. Yeah. I'm, I'm changing it. I'm putting the parentheses first. Like voodoo child, slight return. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so this is, you know, maybe I'll I'll do another song and it'll be parentheses closed windows. 
Yeah, you got to get two tunes out of it. Yeah, you got to <laughs> open a record and then close the record. Yeah, so it's like, uh, you know, it's kind of like Fish does and oh. tweezer reprise but tweezer reprises in a different key so maybe i'll do this Whoa. the same song like different tempo and a different key there you go nerd but yeah, i love it I, I made sure I, I got some fat fake drum samples for rob to hell yeah well, to, to play over dubsy we got some yeah, new yeah. shit on the way new songs new originals new covers <clears throat> new everything man yeah make sure you're following handbone relay on spotify it's really easy to find, but the only handbone relay, thank God. Um, there are bands such as The Bridge, who there are about 17, 17 bridges. Uh, I think there's actually a couple group merchants, aren't there? Yeah, there are some party um, bands in the West Coast. Does yeah, you don't anyone have to do- own like a copyright or some sort of like trademark to the name yet? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yikes. Look at there are copyright in Groove Town. <laughs> that's awesome um anyway uh what was i gonna say yeah go to handbone really on spotify and go check out all the tunes you got lots of stuff coming your way hopefully something once a month that might be putting a little pressure on us but maybe something every once every two months now we got that even if it's just like like rob like hitting a snare drum with his cack just just a couple times we'll record that shit compress it so I, it's big i think once a huge. month is kind of doable put it out dude right? yeah cut that out <laughs> no that'll be the open um okay so we're again this is a top 10 episode i believe the order is me luke mark and then jordan is that correct correct beautiful we uh, we'll say who the hall of fame is at the the halftime from the uh the 2000s episode but now we're doing the two top 10 of the 2010s hey real quick do we want to do like a top 10 of the 2020s <laughs> it might be a little early but i was 2020s? thinking about it yeah, is that too so hard? Of, four <laughs> of the first four months, of of what we got, I don't know. That might be and, fun. And and we've mainly been in quarantine. <laughs> well, you've been forced to listen to music. I hope you know. I've been listening to old music. I've been listening to shit that I don't know. I don't, I like I don't it, know what's come out in the last. There's four been months. like a know. bunch of bad rap albums that came out. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, da Baby just released an album today or yesterday. I actually like Da Baby's other record. I don't know this record yet. I have to go listen to it. I know Nate Smith came out with something. Um, oh, cool. here, cool. I'll start, I'll start today. Do it up. Top 10, 2010s. My pick is Bruno Mars, 24 Karat Magic from 2016. Um, Bruno Mars is obviously like the legend of our, one of the legends of our time. He's an incredible live performer. Um, his songs are incredible. Uh, he came out the record in 2012, I believe called Gorilla Jukebox. And then he kind of went away for a few years. And then in 2015, that song Uptown Funk with Mark Ronson came out. And then it blew the fucking door open. It was huge. Um, you couldn't go anywhere without listening to it. I remember when I was I had my residency at uh, Vesper in Center City with John Gilbride. We played that song Gilbride. all the time. Gilbride. <laughs> we played that song all the time. And in 2016, he came out with that record. And it was absolutely massive. The, the drum grooves are insane. The it's a, basically a party, you know, have sex with your girlfriend record. It's amazing. Who was it that loved likes um, sex with your girlfriend records? Is that you, Jordan? You came up with that last week. <laughs> I highly recommend this one. This album is a banger. I love yeah, this that's album. A banger. That's a, that's some, like that's not even love making. That's just straight fucking right. That's there. just straight. <laughs> that's just straight. Get down and dirty. The song Versace <laughs> on the floor. 
makes all the panties drop. So, so I, I just started watching this season's uh, uh, The Voice. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how this happened, but I started it yesterday. Now I'm caught up somehow, you know, super busy. Cool. Um, <laughs> but someone just covered that Versace on the floor song and it I forgot. Well, I never well, one. I didn't know that song, but it, it just made me think about Bruno Mars and like other songs I know of his and how crazy his range is as a singer. Oh, yeah. Like it's insane. Yeah, you know, like damn near three octave range for like a male is is like pretty insane his uh his super bowl performance a few years back was pretty yeah. fucking epic too where he opened sure. with the drums he played the yeah. drums in the beginning that whole thing was yeah. fucking great just like that- his like his head voice like his open throated fucking full volume range is out of control like i know a lot of people like have really great falsetto tones and can go really crazy and do all these like fancy runs but his like open throat head voice is out of control for sure. Oh, it's nuts. And then on top of that, his drummer, his brother is the drummer. His like his band's incredible. And like his shows, if you see any of the, the Grammys or any of that stuff the, from that year when the record came out, it was absolutely insanity. It was absolutely his, insanity. His it was a party. Was absolutely. He tours with a huge crew. It's a great record. I highly recommend it. And I'll stop talking so much. No, that's All a right. good, that's a good one, Rob. No, that's good. I I kind of yeah, yeah, no, that was a good one. I don't really, I, I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Luke, what's your uh, number ten, buddy? Mine is a solo record by Mike Madison. It came out in 2014. It's called "You Can't Fight Love." Nice. Uh, he's a, he's a lead singer for the Derek Trucks Band and the Tedeschi. And he sings uh, backup vocals for the Tedeschi Trucks Band. But he writes a lot of songs for those. Wrote, wrote a lot of songs for the Derek Trucks band and continues to write for the Tedeschi Trucks band. So he's got a lot. He's just constantly writing songs. And there's some songs on here that are on Tedeschi Trucks band records. That's cool to see, like his interpretation of his own song. Like Midnight in Harlem is on here, and it's got, I love that song. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's got Dave Yoke playing guitar, which is a great. He's a great southern guitar player and plays in all the bands. Scrapomatic. Just really good lyrics, really honest music, um, just feel good shit. And he, it really, his lyrics are really blunt and straightforward and uh, like a lot of simple tunes. And I have a lot of appreciation for that. And I listened to it like a bunch of times. And it's his first solo record and his only, only one. So, no, he just came out with the record this year. Oh, did he really? Yeah, I'm looking at it. It came out uh, 2020. Um, yeah, came out. Right. Put that in your top ten, twenty twenty yeah, list. Looks, right looks like that's going Damn. in all of our top tens of twenty twenty. <laughs> uh, it's called What's Afterglow. The... Damn. I don't. It doesn't cool. say. It doesn't have a date, but it says it came out this year. Well, I'll be checking that out. I'm sure it's cool. Boom. So, yeah, right, Mark. It's uh, it's a really good one. Go ahead, Mark. Boom. Hey, am I allowed to have a tie for number ten? I couldn't. I couldn't bump one of these out into my honorable mentions. Uh, well, I'm only typing one of them, so ah, say that. Okay, one well, I'll, I'll, okay. Oh, all right. Oh. <laughs> Line in the sand. My number ten is "Low Country Blues" by Greg Allman. Nice. And 20, what's the other one? Sorry, I'll give you the year. Hang on, I have the year. 2011. My my other number ten, which will, will now be honorable mention, is uh, "Every Man Should Know" by Harry Connick Jr. Which was oh, okay. that's a good record. Was, I'm I glad like you led with 13. Greg Allman. Yeah, I, it was it was tough. I, I really have a hard time keeping the Harry Connick album out of this list, but. It's that's okay. Uh, so T 
T-Bone Burnett produced this record. It's got a genius. lot, a lot of class. It's, genius. It's it's the ge- it's a the great genius of our time for sure. It's a great record, man. Um, it's got a lot of classic blues tunes on it. Uh, uh please accept my love by BB King is on there. Oh, what's it? What's it? Uh, Rolling Stone. Oh, where's it? Oh, Tears, Tears, Tears is a great tune. I love this album. When, uh, when this album first came out um, in 2011, I was on the road with a bleh, bleh, and I bought it in a record shop somewhere, and we listened to it like for a couple days straight, and it's it's a fucking great record. So that's my number ten. And, Sweet, yeah. That's really nice to, of Kenny Liner to let you listen to something like that. Well, he wasn't into Beach House yet, so it's cool. Okay, okay. This is, bef- this is before Beach. This is when he was still listening to like bluegrass and rock and roll and stuff. Okay, I guess like I, yeah, pre pre uh, Portland, Kenny was still cool. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, what's what's the one record you, uh, band you just mentioned? Something Beach or Beach House? Beach House. Beach House. What's that? Kenny loves them. They're I, they're like a, a indie, like an ambient indie rock band. They're actually from Baltimore, but they're fucking internationally huge. Kenny likes band. He likes he likes like shoegazing, mumblecore stuff. I don't know. Mumblecore is a film term, but yeah, like, Wild Oak, Beach House, Flaming Lips. I don't know. There's like a there's a band I'm forgetting that Kenny Liner likes. I, he, look how many <laughs> shoutouts we're giving. He was me. telling me Kenny was telling me about a band that he really he really likes. It's like two chicks. And the one chick plays, I think, guitar or keys, and the drummer chick just plays a ride cymbal. <laughs> That's hot. No. <laughs> no. Like, no, no. Like, what are you talking no, no. about? <laughs> or maybe she had a floor tom too. I don't remember, but like, it's, it's it wasn't a, a drum kit. <laughs> it's an easy loadout. I say no. I say no to that. <laughs> anyway, that's my number ten. Low Country Blues. Uh, Greg Allman. Does that's Kenny Liner have a solo record out? He should, but he does not. No. Oh, okay. Not yet. Anyway, Jordan August. Jordan August here. My number 10 is Casey Musgraves' Golden Hour. Nice. From 2018. Uh, pretty newish release. It was not her first. It was her fir- uh, fourth studio album. But this record took her from playing the, you know, the, the smaller venues and I, and still big but something like the 930 club to headlining coachella um dude this record's amazing it's like it's it's kind of like a guilty pleasure for me because it is like pop country with like an electronic twist to it she won album of the year and best country album at the grammys um it deserved wow. it um it, it, a year after it came out so it was like it, she kind of had like two releases on this album. Like it came out and she was, you know, she was popular, but it wasn't something crazy. And then it, they kind of re-put it out and it mm-hmm. got nominated for a Grammy and she won two fucking Grammys. There's some funny memes of her when she won album of the year because she made like a really stupid face. <laughs> and, oh, I haven't seen that. And they like, they, you know, they as the, the people, um, um, you know just like mean the shit out of her face she recorded this album in a uh like in a in a real studio but it was above a stable and the, all of it is owned by Sheryl Crow so it was like she was she's definitely like really tied into the Nashville crowd her husband uh is a really good musician yeah he's a singer songwriter right like a little like sleepy sleepier stuff yeah and like and like really um 
kind of i mean she and she talks about like getting high and like you know like fucked up and stuff like that but her yeah i think we talked about this before i think you showed me him uh yeah rustin kelly yeah um and he's like he's considered country but it's it's still like it's like singer songwriter more on the indie side but he's got like a little bit of twang to his to his stuff he's he's really good too but yeah casey musgrave's golden hour fucking high horse that song is like that's my like when i go on my bike ride i fucking put my headphones in it's the first song i put on and it's like oh it's got a great tempo great groove for sure it's got like kind of like a disco thing going on it, it really uh it does it for me if i can hop on to that uh this is the album that i put on when i need to like calm down when I'm like overthinking everything, this is like a simple record, but it feels so good. The first song, yeah. Slow Burn, is like the song I always oh, put yeah. on in the shower. Well, it's... there's a lot of like slow and like mid to down tempo songs on it too. So yeah, like I, I totally agree with you as it being like a calming, a calming record. It's soothing, and like the the instrumentation for her band is really cool. Um, her keyboard player is actually a super talented and trained cello player and he used to play with sarah jeroz uh who's like a bluegrass musician so like he he's playing kind of like synthy ethereal lines on the keyboard but he can also like sit down and like through an effects you know through effects pedals and a pedal board does like crazy long droney notes in the background of a lot of live stuff so it's and she's super hot she is super hot (laughs) all right that's my number 10. Sick. All right. My, this is Rob Tate here. Rob Tate. Uh, I, oh, this is Rob Tate. Rob motherfucking Tate. Um, <laughs> I I have a band in mind, but I couldn't pick which record, so I just picked this one. Uh, Wolfpecks, The Beautiful Game. Yeah. Uh, this is the record that they were already blowing up on YouTube and stuff, but this is the album that like really got like people talking about them. And uh, it has like Animal Spirits on it, which is a big song. Dean Town, which every bass player plays now. Uh, Conscious Club. Uh, and then like the song Corey Wong, which is just like a funkiest like guitar riff like ever. Uh, it's great. It's like how funk should become pop. It's fun. It's a party. It's a jam. Their, their uh, EPs, they had like four EPs before this album came out. Their EPs yeah. are great, but for my money, this album was like when they finally they matured and like put like a full length with the production like Jack, Jack Stratton always had great production but the production on this record I think is the best. Oh yeah, he figured, he figured out well, what the was, identity it was, was. Their, it was their second it was their second album. Second full uh, length. This is what was uh, it? The, that is their second album. Oh, the right. first album was uh Thrill of the Arts. That's right. Thrill of the Arts. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um the the record that came out after that was pretty good too. It was called uh Mr. Finish Line. Mr. Finish Line. I didn't like that album yeah. as much, honestly. Yeah. I mean, that one was chiller for sure, but it was yeah. definitely like slower grooves. Like he got into it. Sure. Um, but like all in all, a great album. Some great songs on there. I agree. Uh, I highly dig it. It's a good one. Hell yeah. I mean, it's, cool. it's, it's all the vibes. Luke. Uh, this record was when I got to number seven, was having trouble picking anymore. And I actually just listened to this for the first time last week. And I thought it was amazing. Uh, so I threw it on there. It's uh, Bill Frisell and Thomas Morgan. Epistrophe is the name of the record. I know this one. Is that a monk tune? Yeah. Epistrophe? It, <clears throat> yeah. It came out in 2019. And uh, it's just a guitar 
some bass to uh, Live the Village Vanguard. I don't know. I remember I put it on and just immediately when you put it on, you're kind of transported into like, uh, to me, it felt like you're in like a dark jazz hall, which I guess it is you know, like a small club, but it just really uh, like lured me in. And I thought, you know, the playing is so expressive and it's like a lot of bouncing back and forth uh, in just like a, a really, really expressive, beautiful way. So, and also, I, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say that there's um a lot of great standards on this record. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, yeah. He also plays uh Save the Last Dance for me, and I was listening to it and I was like, Oh shit, I know this tune. But That's the cool. way I love the way he plays these like simple folk tunes or you know, old pop tunes or whatever you would call that. He just he he plays the melody just beautifully, but then adds his like different colors and his vibe to it and just is a uh, why I love them. So, oh, so yeah. it's a really, really good record. Bill Frizzell's the man. And what's the uh, the gentleman's name that also plays in that record? Thomas Morgan, the bass player. Yeah, do you do you know any of his stuff? I just knew him from this record, and then I started looking him up, and he seems like he's pretty well established and has been in the scene. He has done some other duo stuff with Bill Frizzell in the past, but I know oh. him just from this. Cool, cool, cool. Mark Brown. Number, number nine. nine. I got nine. I got Lake Street Dive, Free Yourself Up. Oh, nice. Ooh. I forgot about them. 2018. So, uh, actually, K-Line, Kenny Liner, turned me on to Lake Street Dive years ago. And, Probably because the chick was hot. And and then also, I, I want to run away with Rachel Price. Yeah, she's smoking. She's, she's great. So is the bass player. They're both hot. I want to have a three-way with them. But The the bass we'll player, she, she writes all the music. She does, Bridget Kearney, right? Yeah, Bridget. She writes all yeah. the music for every. For um, all this, stuff. this this record. I love this record and Side Pony, but this record for me has has more tunes that I can walk away singing. Like, of course, Good Kisser, Don't uh, Baby, Don't Leave Me Alone with My Thoughts, Shame, Shame, Shame. Like, it's a fucking great record, and I listen. I have it on vinyl. And I listen to it all the time. So, um, thank you, Kenny Liner. Yeah, that the it's bad that the song Bad Self Portraits that was like from a lyrical standpoint that was like one of those phrases that i just thought was so genius yeah and like it even though they had a great melody and a great all the great music I, it could have been whatever with like but with that fucking oh that lyric phrase, is so good that lyric is so genius you know it's it's one of those things you're like how did i not think about that <laughs> how did i not write that it's, it's yeah their, their songwriting is incredible and their, their musicianship is awesome and i and I mean, they're all they're all berkeley kids yeah and graduates where there's a there's a lot of bands that you know that went to music school and like and didn't graduate well the thing with berkeley uh, a lot of people go to berkeley just to get something out of it and then dip out because it's too expensive yeah it's the, like why the, you know the homies and dopapod all the musicians went to berkeley but none of them graduated with a degree but their sound guy is the only one that graduated. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> and now he's running. He's like, he's a light guy and a sound guy simultaneously. And that's, I wonder if he gets paid more pod when, I mean, I would think you would get paid double, right? That's right? what I'm thinking. I, mean, I play bass and organ. I don't get paid double. What the fuck guys? Come on. Hey, settle. <laughs> hey, you get double, you get double the ladies, down. bro. You settle get double down. the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, those those Berkeley kids, man, they they, I don't know. they get. I, I think you're right. They get something, and then they they're like, okay, 
I heard from my private teacher when I was a kid that Berkeley was known for um, taking every freshman into the school. And then if you didn't make the mark at the end of freshman year, they just cut you. They wanted your money. Sure. I believe that was the, the story that I was yeah. told. Um, it's so freaking expensive. I, I auditioned there and we went up to visit the school and they're like, they're like, yeah, cool. Great. You sound, you know, you sound great. It's awesome. Cool. Oh, and you're going to have to get an apartment in Boston because there's no housing. Which is like no one can afford. You, you Wait, have, they don't have dorms. They have they have one they have one building, and there's That's a wait, there's a waiting list. So you'll never get freshmen rarely ever get a dorm room. It's always upperclassmen. That's insane. So, so wow. they were like, so hey, good luck finding an apartment in Boston. And I was like, fuck <laughs> that. Good luck getting end, my money. You end up living in fucking Rhode Island and taking a train. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, oh, I also Rob, thought. What do you mean they get cut? Uh, so they have a thing called juries. At the end of every year, and it, it, at the beginning of the year, you get a book of things you have to know by the end of the year. And then when the end of the year comes, you do juries where you have all your teachers sitting in a room, whoever it is, like in, like a panel, like a jury, and you have to play those things. If you do not play sufficiently enough or don't pass, you get kicked out of the school. Or at least but that's how... Like reapply kind of, or re... Uh, yeah, it's kind of like Reapply every year, yeah. repass. Well, you got to, yeah, same thing with all music schools. Like, you are, so we had to do that every year. Um, you have to pass the freshman oh, wow. year to get to the sophomore year. Yeah, it we, happens with every music school, but they just straight up take everyone mm-hmm. that applies and then they cut everyone. Yeah. It doesn't make a certain level, but they, they they make so much money off those freshmen. It's insane. They, they want, yeah, everyone wants to go to Berkeley. And then once you get there, you realize, like, you're probably not cut out for this. But they, well, they got, they got my money. The fuck? You know what I mean? They take your money and then you're like, Piece, yeah, know? they know you're not good enough, but right. they'll happily they take your bread. Yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of a honestly, man. I mean, you like, got to be close to being good enough because you got to figure a lot of people apply. Yeah, but but I, I think they they can. I mean, they'll, they'll straight up tell you like, there's nowhere for you to live, but we'll take you. You know what I mean? They right. don't they don't care as long as they can as long they just want your money, you know? I mean right. I'm sure they cut some people, obviously, but I don't know. I, I, I'm glad I didn't go to Berkeley. I have a couple friends who went there and I feel like they they're like machines now, musically. You know what I mean? Like they have monster chops, but so who cares? You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing doesn't sound good. Like it doesn't no, sound yeah, no creativity, <laughs> no like personal <laughs> touch to it. I mean I'm let me rephrase that. It does sound good, but like it doesn't. There's no emotion <laughs> or feeling to it. You know what I mean? It's like you're literally just regurgitating Charlie Parker riffs, essentially. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think imperfection is like part of perfection in in the way of like, mm-hmm. oh, what, who was it? it? Was like, I think Coltrane said. Uh, Coltrane said like, there's no such thing as a mistake. And and I and I know Bob Weir from the Grateful Dead also said it. He was like, mistakes aren't mistakes they're just new doors you open to a new possibility sure well when when i teach jazz lessons i always teach my students that there's two there's two things you have to learn there's no such thing as a, as a wrong note i think miles said that and that's yeah. what it was that was miles davis no such thing as a wrong note and you have to play with confidence you play with confidence even if you play a note that's maybe like sour or weird compared to what key you're in or whatever you can justify every note you play like if you're in the key of c and you play a c sharp well, that's just a flat nine, whatever. Right. You play a B, Nerd. it's just a major. Nerd. But you know what I mean? Like every single note, every all twelve notes can be justified in some way. Oh, an A flat's just a flat thirteen or a sharp five. It's, it's still for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, there is no such thing as a wrong note. You may so not have meant to play that note, but it's right. still not wrong. 
you know there's there's times in, in jams where i hit a wrong note and it's so obvious that i just come back and i hit it again a couple times Fuck yeah and that it just becomes part of like what is happening mm-hmm. and i've definitely like went to like slide up to a big sustaining note and totally landed you know a half you know, like a half note down and i just let it fucking ride <laughs> Fuck it, and, dude. And it's just like it's just so sour and everyone's like every everyone in the audience even like not a musician is just like uh and then <laughs> you slide but, up into that note you're like but you know yeah. you know it's cool to yeah right when you when you when you hit a sour note and then you own it you fucking yeah. own it and then you resolve yeah. it in the next chord to a note that's right. in that chord it's like yeah Fuck yeah, exactly. Yeah. I right. knew exactly what I was doing the whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely like a, a fake it till you make it thing. But I mean, I definitely didn't mean to do it. I just fucking did it. And I didn't care. There have been a couple of moments, Rob, recently where we've been we've been on gigs and I've like done like a swell and we're in like the key of C and I hit like a tritone, like an F sharp, you know, and I and you 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 look at me like we're like, you know, like, <laughs> what was that, dude? And then I'm just like, oh, guilty. Whatever. Whatever, we'll, just, we'll stay there for one more measure, you know? But what, what'll happen is I'm, like, grooving and then, like, listening to you, and then all of a sudden that note pops up and my whole body just convulses, just like, Ugh! <laughs> Like, I mean, I'm paying attention now. Like, Right. I'm just doing it to get your attention, bro. You know? That, that's what it was. The triatone gets my attention. That's right. Anyway, anyway. Jordan August, what's your number nine? Uh, my number nine is Adele 21. Good choice. Um, Why is that your choice? It was her second studio album, but I mean, that song Rolling in the Deep, like really like kind of brought back like big female vocalists, I think. Um, like this wasn't about the band. This was this was really like only about her and like these vocals and her story, especially like the story of this album is really cool. What's the story? Um, she had like, I don't think I don't think it was like a divorce, but like a breakup. She just had like a really bad breakup and she just wrote like all these all the lyrics about you know this this man and her emotions feeling of this man and like how it all happened mm-hmm. and i i love like fucking good a sad lyrical content that's like pretty much what all my songs are about i'll write an upbeat song it'll just be really fucking sad you know <laughs> and she is co-write on there's 11 uh yeah 11 songs on the record and she is co-write on all of them except for one which i think is impressive first she changed one word per song like glenn fry used to do from the eagles right yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm kidding Um, rick rubin produced a bunch of songs on this record he's the best he's great um he produced four songs on the record it had four number one hits there were like some b-sides that were only released in like Japan and then like another one that was only released in the UK and then an iTunes bonus track, yada, yada, yada. Like it was just a really like smart release, mm. um, which I'm, I'm, I always love that. And this came out in 2011. So like, obviously like digital music was a big thing, but still like, in my opinion, kind of early in the game compared to like what's going on now and the way people release music, this was still like a CD heavy time. So I don't know. It's, Rolling in the deep, rumor has it. Uh, yeah, it was pretty big. Fire to the rain, like pretty. That like, song, that song, <laughs> that song's a hit, but I still don't get it. <laughs> I set yeah, fire I mean... to the rain. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> Cold open. It's just, it's, it's, like, just like... it's like, 
<laughs> it's just, I mean, she can fucking sing, and she was like, you know, maybe it's maybe like, doesn't mean anything either, too. But. It leads back to that that confidence thing. If you say it with confidence, everyone's like, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you you sound real nice. I, wish, I don't know what you're saying. I wish we were okay. filming this right now. Okay, it's okay. It's Adele, you know. I mean, it's like at this time, like she was so big. Didn't matter what she said. It's funny. I I have two computers running right now, so I can make sure I type everything and do all the right things. Look at you, man. I know. Such a professional. Hey, this is Chauncey Stirrups. Chauncey Stirrups. Chauncey Stirrups. AKA Rob Tate. Did Luke go? Did Luke go already? Yeah. I'm after Rob. Oh, sorry. My bad. I'll shut. I'll shut up now. Okay. My number eight from the year 2018 is by Brandy Carlisle. Uh, last name is spelled C-A-R-L-I-L-E. The album is called By the Way, I Forgive You. This album uh, was presented on XPN. Shout out to WXPN 88.5. Giving us some love. Um, they played their, her song, The Joke. And at first, I, I caught the end of it. Um, and there's like this high belty part. And I thought it was like David Bowie reborn. Like she was doing this high screamy vocal thing, but there was so much emotion in it. It's like, I have to listen to this album. It's insane. Um, I, she didn't win album of the year, but she did get a Grammy for, by the way, I forgive you. might've been for, maybe she was nominated for song of the year. Jordan, can you look that up? I feel like you'll get there faster. Yeah, than I'm I will. Looking at it. Um, um, but the record itself is insane. Lots of great songs. Harmonies are on effing point. These harmonies are insane. And the lyric, lyrical content, she writes all these tunes. She did a whole tour where she didn't have any, um, I don't know if it's for this record, she didn't have any like amps or anything. Everything was acoustic. So when at the shows, at these tours, like in the, the rooms, they would have no amps, no amplification, nothing. It would just be the, the band playing, no mics. She That's was nominated. This, this song was nominated in four categories. In 20, the 2018, the 61st annual Grammys, uh, Record of the Year, Song of the Year, uh, Best American Roots Song, and Best American Roots Performance. She's insane. So uh, and also, sorry. So and I was in just 2019, it debuted number one on Billboard for nice. uh, Hot Rock Songs. Says so she got the most nominations for a female artist, too. That's crazy. She's in history. Yeah. yeah. She also has uh, these twins that are in her band that sing perfect harmonies with each other. They're amazing. I photographed Brandy Carlisle. It was like, it was one of the best shows I had, I had ever fucking seen. Oh, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. I love it, her. And this is off of By the Way I Forgive You. Yeah, Fi- that's Fire the record. Wild. Yeah, By the Way I Forgive You. Yeah. yeah. The song was the joke. It was, it's just, yeah, it made me cry. It was so beautiful. It's it's so good. She's, and the drums are clutch. She's uh, a powerful woman, and the twins are like almost like this gimmick in the band, but they're they're so fucking talented. Oh, they're insane! Absolutely it's, insane. It's kind of crazy, and she she's a badass. When when I photographed her here in Philly at the Man, she was like, right when she came out, like she played like two or three songs, and she was like, tonight's a big night. I'm like looking at my boss. I'm like, what do you mean? It's just like another fucking night. It's like Thursday in Philly. Like, what? Like, what do you mean? Um, not not to like, you know, degrade her by any means. I was like, what do you mean? This is just like, this is another show on your tour. Like, you're playing Madison Square Garden in like three nights, and she had 
um, Willie Nelson's son, Lucas Nelson, came out as a special guest. Oh, just wow. like, boom. That's hey. Awesome. And we were like, what the fuck? And he, Zach Brown band, or Zach Brown, was playing at BB&T over in Camden, New Jersey. And Lucas Nelson and Promise to the Real was the opener. And yep. she's like buddies with Lucas and like texted him was like, hey, come sit in with me. And literally he got off stage opening for Zach Brown, jumped in a man center van, got driven all the way from the fucking east, you know, New Jersey on the east side of Philly, all the way to the West Philly. Wow. And got out of the van with his guitar, came in and plugged in, was ready and sat in for two songs and just <laughs> like, cool. you know, crushed like, it. did his thing. And she like, she was just so humble and thankful, and it 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 made me re-listen to her music and give so much respect for what her purpose is as a musician, as a powerful woman, and like what she's trying to do for the world. Like right now, it's it's she's badass. Great songwriter. Great uh, and, songwriter. Yeah, and uh, that's my number eight. Luke, take it away. Sweet. My number eight is Jody Francesco and the People. I guess is the name of the band. Uh, and it's called Project Freedom. It came out I've in 2017. Yeah, it's really great. It's cool because it's a little derivative of a lot of the other stuff I've heard. It's not, I mean, it's still obviously organ heavy, but it's not, you wouldn't think it's classic organ trio stuff when you hear it. And he also plays great tunes like it opens up with Imagine, the John Lennon tune, just a solo organ thing. And then he does Change is Gonna Come, which is awesome. Um, and I feel my, like it's just, That's my favorite. That's one of my favorite songs ever. Oh yeah, same. And it's just Joey, I think, in a new kind of direction. He's a little more exploratory, I think. And the instrumentation is different. He's a tenor saxophone player and drummer. And the tenor player also plays upright bass oh, cool. a little bit. And Joey wrote a lot of the songs. And he plays keyboards with like uh show my ignorance, but like uh kind of like pitch bending type stuff, which he's never that I've heard do before and he plays a lot of piano, so being a Joey fan and hearing him in this context is pretty cool. I've never really I'm heard him play piano at all, actually. I don't think. Yeah, he's a great piano player. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm I'm looking at the personnel. The sax player was Troy Roberts, you said? Troy Roberts, yeah. That's the tenor player. And the drummer was uh I'm sorry, I'm looking at Jason this. Brown. It, Jason right? Brown. Yeah. JB. Uh, JB. Uh you think he uh, never mind. Uh it's a great <laughs> record. <laughs> now I want to know think what you're going to say. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> say it. No, I'm dropping it. I won't do it. Uh, think he drops a beat? What? Yeah, take drops take a beat. I don't get it. Yeah. Why? Isn't isn't that the 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 thing that we came up with Mark Brown for jerking off? No, dude, catch a beat, dude. Catch a beat, not drop a beat. All right, say, so for you, for you out there at home listening to this, this for our seven subscribers listening to this, I right was now, gonna let that just ride for a second. Why don't you no, this, drop? <laughs> it's not dropping a beat. It's when you have to go go jerk off real quick to like get get on with your day. You need like some like you clear your head, you know, and everything. You know, like clean the pipes. You you catch a beat. You go home, catch a beat, and then get on with your day. That's there. There it is. That's, that's I, I named one about. of our. I named one of our new hot sauces. Drop, drop a beat, based <laughs> off of the catch a beat and the nice. bridge song. See, that's drop. what I was thinking. Nice. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, I was trying. Like, I don't know if like if you went on like Urban Dictionary, if like like catch a beat is like a phrase that I'd people probably not. like I don't know, other. But... That the world says. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I don't want to like put out a hot sauce and just be like a fucking pervert. 
<laughs> like, yo, yo, this band put out put out a fucking hot sauce about beating off, just because they because it's got beats in it. Because we, you know. So I was like, ah, oh, you know, I'll, I'll do like a people like would a, buy it. Oh yeah, you could probably put like in like in like small text, be like, "Hey, this is based off this one time I beat off." <laughs> People be like, "Fuck yeah, I bet it's good." Probably sell more of that shit than our CDs, dude. That's our probably records, you're yeah. fucking true. I feel like we're we, when we're on the road, we're selling the shit out of hot sauce. Fuck yeah. Um, um, how many hot sauces did we sell? Um, the that show in Philadelphia, I think I, it was like almost twenty. Uh, I think more because I think I made. I think I made I made forty bottles worth. Yeah, we did. Damn, we definitely. And we only we only came home with like seven or eight bottles. And what what's we got like what twelve bottles left or something total when you were here the other day? There's less than fifteen, I think. Yeah, but that's a whole new batch. That's a whole new batch. Okay, so okay, so that we definitely we sold a lot that night for sure. Not yeah. a lot of not a lot of albums though. Vinyl, we sell more vinyl than CDs for sure. Yeah, but, I, vinyl's definitely the way to go in the music yeah. department. Um, I agree, yeah. but I have a good idea for a hat. I'm gonna design it this week. Cool, love it. That, that's Let's coming it. your way. I hope it has a dick on it. No, <laughs> no dicks. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. I'll make one personally for you. Thank you. One off. Oh, <laughs> custom one off. All right, Mark Brown. What are, number eight. <laughs> uh, number eight. Okay, this is where I totally derail everybody. This is where we go off the rails. Okay. All right. I got Mandy. The original motion picture soundtrack by J- Johan Johansson. You guys see, right? Told you. So check this out, right? <laughs> this is <laughs> Man- Mandy is a is a, it's a horror movie that came out in 2018, 2018 with Nicholas okay. with Nicholas Cage. All right, and it's basically real quick. It's he's a, he plays a lumberjack whose wife is murdered by a, ba- a some like right wing Christian cult. So who and they have these like demon motorcyclists working for them or some shit that like he has to kill one by one. It's like a revenge movie. But the soundtrack, the soundtrack is all like vintage synthesizers and it's fucking it's great music to get high to. And it's fucking super creepy and super weird and really incredible. And I I don't you have to listen to it. I, I can't like I literally I don't listen to soundtracks at all. And I've listened to this album more than probably seven of my top ten this in the last couple of years. It's it's really good. It's awesome. Like it's it's literally it's all like so the movie takes place in the eighties. So all the music is like vintage. Like whenever they're playing songs, it's like eighties hair bands and metal and stuff. But then like the actual soundtrack is like it's vintage moogs and and weird synthesizer noises and sounds and it's very uh like ambient and strange and dissonant and it's it's great i love it so that's my number eight that's cool that's cool that's super different i I think the only like soundtrack like modern you know like something newer is the stranger things soundtrack which almost Mm -hmm. which almost which is my one in my honorable mentions almost made cool and and that's like you know more sound effects and like ambient Mm -hmm. tones um let me just say this about the movie Mandy. If you guys get a chance, it's on Amazon Prime. You should watch it. Uh, if you ever want to watch Nicolas Cage uh, sitting on a toilet in his underwear, drinking, chugging vodka, and crying, and then he eats acid and kills a bunch of people, this is the, yeah. movie, this is the movie for you. 
Holy shit. Oh how have I missed this? Movie's, miss this movie's this. fucking amazing. How have I fucking missed this it's, movie? It's, it's an indie film, so the first 45 minutes are really slow. You got to deal with his like relationship with his wife. Then they come and kill his wife, and he fucking he cries for a while, and then he eats acid and kills everybody. It's fucking great. How the fuck do you find these movies? movies? It's, 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 it's like right. a, it was like on fucking Amazon Prime, dude. Nick Cage is the best, and it actually won. It actually won a bunch of awards in the horror community. Like it was the best horror movie of 2018. So, what is the horror uh, award show? Horror movie award show? Is there what one? Is, there's a bunch. Uh, Fangoria has a has a real big one. Um, Fangoria does I'm, one. Sorry, what? What? The Academy doesn't like horror films. Yeah, like the Academy period. hates horror movies. They, they thought Shape of Water was a horror movie, and it was not. So. Well, when all those old folks die that are in the Academy, maybe they'll finally start letting some horror films in there. Who I knows? Hope so the last horror movie to win Best Picture was Silence of the Lambs, and that's not even really a horror movie. It's like a thriller. Yeah. I mean, that's like that shit ain't right, dude. Jordan, you would love this movie, dude. You want to watch Nicolas Cage <laughs> get <laughs> fucking trip his trip his balls out while ki- just cutting people's heads off, dude? It's fucking I just wanna, amazing. I just want to see the faces he makes when he's like tripping. Dude, well, so what he does, he eats like a jar of some weird fucking paste, which is it's supposed to be some hallucinogenic. He eats it. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it takes away his inhibitions, and then he just fucking starts killing people, dude. And it's fucking great, dude. Rock and roll, baby. Anyway, it's, and, and the soundtrack, all the while, and you, if you listen to the soundtrack, you can, like, tell, oh, this is the scene where he's real sad because his fucking wife just died. Oh, this is the scene where he's fucking cutting some dude's head off. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's fucking great. Anyway, dude, I'm Mark done Mark Brown just got a little hard talking about I'm this. D- I'm done He now. was already hard getting ready for number seven. <laughs> That's my number eight, guys. Or number eight. I'm not going to be able to get Anne-Marie to watch that. She hates horror movies. It's it's Alex more like a revenge. Not like uh, horror movies. I I remember um, w- with my ex, like she would fall asleep to every movie we put on, no matter what. Always falling asleep. I put on a scary movie one night, and she wasn't really into scary movies, but it kept her ass up. So it was like every Saturday night, if we weren't going out, I was like, "Hey, we'll watch a scary movie." <laughs> she's like, and "No," she'd, and she'd she'd be like, "No," but okay, and she'd stay up. That's cool. You know, rather than like pass out with a fucking glass yeah. of wine and red lips at 945. <laughs> you know? Kate can't watch horror movies. She cries when we watch a horror movie. So I just I can't do that. It's so cute. I know. <laughs> anyway, that's my number eight, guys. Mandy. This original motion picture. Soundtrack. All right. My number eight. Jordan August. Kamazi Washington. The epic from 2015. Do you guys know Kamazi right. Washington? I do. I do. Um, I feel like he's, you know, kind of like maybe our like generations like Curtis Mayfield or maybe maybe not quite <clears throat> that, but he's like kind of bringing jazz back into the front of things. This record got a lot of mentions uh, from The Guardian, from Pitchfork, from Rough Trade, Studio Gum, The Wire, Rolling Stone said it was one of the best 100 albums of the 2010s. He's so cool live. He's super honest in his playing. His writing is kind of crazy. It's not like something that most people are going to see. Um, he's on a really cool record label called Brain Feeder that is hosting a lot of like other, like a lot of ambient bands, which I don't understand awesome. that shit, but I like, I'm all about it. I like making loops to add to songs, like ambient loops. But there's people that are just out there just fucking doing a show, just like doing ambient <laughs> shit. And I think that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. And this and this record label like it was like cool. We'll give you money. 
Um, but Kamazi Washington, he's been an artist at large, a bunch of stuff, like on Jam Cruise, uh, at Lock and Festival. He's just a badass. He, I feel like he really kind of didn't give a shit when he wrote the record. Like he wasn't trying to be anybody. He wasn't trying to please anybody. He wrote the music that he felt deep down in his soul. And I, I think the record shows it. Um, and it, it, it made my list. That's nice. awesome. Yeah. Which record was it? The Epic. Okay. Adding it to my list. I think, it, I think it was his second. I think it was his second record. Oh, no. It was his debut studio album. Was he, Do you know if he was in a band before that? Or that's like his no, first album? This is just him. This is his shit. Yeah. Oh, okay. 173 minutes. Is that how long it is? Holy shit. Wow. Yeah, really? and, wow. And, and, and Thundercats on bass. Oh, that's cool. That's pretty that's awesome. cool. Um, and yeah. he's, you know, he's got some vocalists on a couple tunes, but nothing crazy. But it's, it's really like pretty avant-garde, like modern day jazz that you can dance to. But, Kamazi but- Washington has been on tour in the same markets we we were on tour in a couple times, and they said people would say always say like, oh, Kamazi was here like last week and sat in with somebody at like Carey Street Cafe in Richmond and like random places. He's big, man. I hope that we get to play with him sometime. Yeah, I mean, he's he's got he's been on his number six position in heat seekers on billboard he was number three on jazz albums and on billboard um i mean he's you know internet he's an international touring man like he he probably does better in europe honestly than he does in the states in, in the states but he i don't know how but he got welcomed into like the jam band world and you know like obviously the fucking jam band kids are so dedicated to their <laughs> to their people that they're like whatever new album i'll buy it i'll go see him That's you know cool. it's tuesday he's playing it's 40 bucks going so kamazi is i don't know he's a big deal and like and rob i think if you looked at like his personnel on the album you you would probably know more i'm looking you're, you know you're you're a, a deeper diver into like you know session players and and just and like musicians in general that in the jazz world than I am. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you all about fish, but I couldn't tell you shit about jazz musicians. But <laughs> personnel. But I, I do know you know Thundercat is someone that I do know. It's uh I got it here somewhere. Um, I mean, I can't find it. Oh wait, here it is. Okay. Uh, Ronald Bruner Jr. is a great drummer. Uh, Miles Mosley is playing bass, uh, acoustic bass. Thundercat's playing electric bass. Yeah, there's some big names here. Uh, Cam- Cameron Graves, Liam Mobley. Great, great, great band. Um, I w- I'm going to check this record out for sure. Yeah, I, you're going to love it. I remember I saw him at um, Sixth and I, which is like a this little tiny active synagogue in Washington, D.C. And But they do concerts there. They have like a beautiful stage and sound system and light show and whatever. And um, I was so blown away that they had an upright player and an electric bass player. Oh yeah, yeah. During the show, and I was I like, love that. "Damn, that's some baller shit." <laughs> and like, and this place, this place held like 500 people, and like you literally, you sit in pews. Like it's no it, it's an active synagogue. There's no there's no dance space. I mean, you can get up and you can stand in your seat space or whatever. But it was like, this is like this is jazz music, but it is jazz, and it is like listening music. So it's like you can easily just sit there and and just listen and enjoy it but you can also get up and dance so it's it's kind of cool that someone's doing this right now and 
and and he's put out i think two albums since then but uh it looked like two or three but yeah i'm gonna definitely check it out for sure yeah dive into i think everyone should dive into this guy if you haven't listened to him he's he's got some he takes like the the idea of like riffs the way we're, we're playing riffs and writing riffs for this band and like really putting like you know the classic twist on it and I think I've talked about this way too much, so. Nice. <laughs> Next. Next. All right. Rob Tate here. Um, now for something completely different. Number seven, the beginning of the sevens. My number seven <laughs> is Ray, Ray LaMontagne's uh, God Willing the Creek Don't Rise. Oh, cool. From 2010. So I'm a big Ray LaMontagne fan. I actually forgotten to, forgot to mention him in the 2000s or else Trouble, his album yeah, Trouble say, would have made did, it. How did no one mention Trouble? I think I just forgot about it, but the songwriting is incredible and the drumming is fantastic. Um, but God Willing, The Creek Don't Rise, oh, God Willing and The Creek Don't Rise, um, is the first album where Ray LaMontagne realized, oh, that's all it takes to produce. I can produce a record. <laughs> so we got this band of like Nashville guys. They called themselves the Pariah Dogs. It's um here. I got the list here somewhere. One second. It's um, uh, Jennifer Condos on bass on most of the tracks. Jay Belaros is one of my favorite drummers of all time. Uh, he played on the um the new basement tapes. He's t- one of T Bone Burnett's first call guys. Oh, that's your boy. You love him. Oh, he's insane. He always plays like a 1920s bomber kit. Yeah, it's that huge. old bomber cool. kit. Yeah. Uh, Eric Haywood on pedal steel. Greg Lee's on electric guitar and like a lot of other players but this record he made at his house his barn next to his house and i love that shit bands that get together for like two weeks and just record and write songs together that's the way to do it i want to do that and like those are my favorite records like uh, for example elton john's um goodbye yellow brick road this album uh, there's a couple springsteen records like the band had the big pink yeah Right. Or, or yeah. all those other jam bands and stuff. When when yeah, yeah. when this is all over, I still think we should all go up to upstate New York, stay at my parents' house, and record in their basement. We yeah. can, I would we love can, to. Like, take a week. Take a week. Just fucking don't book any gigs. Take a week and just just cut a record or cut an EP or something. You know what I mean? Take a week. Take a week. Catch a beat. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, there'll be lots of beats. Cut that weekend. Don't worry. <laughs> ha! Anyway. I'm gonna be in the. I'm gonna be at the motel down the hill, and uh, you guys have fun. Just saying, I think that'd be a good good way to write and record, though. Just like all yeah. live together for a week, you know. Oh, I forgot to mention about that album, and then we could definitely move on because I've I've talked about this too much. This this uh, <laughs> album was nominated for two Grammy Awards in 2010, uh, best contemporary folk album, and which it won. And the best in the song "A uh, Beg Stealer Borrow" was nominated for Song of the Year. And I'm done. I feel every every record he puts out, he's got he's always got something like really dope on it. Oh, yeah, he's the man. Uh, he, he's obviously he's a great songwriter. He's he he he's really good at curating albums too. If you think about you know in a grand scheme of things, but every album he puts out, he always has one or two things that like do really well. Yeah, I didn't like his last record, but anyway, he's like um, evolving into something else. So that's cool. Yeah, I like yeah. it when artists evolve into something else, but like. I may not listen to it. It's like cool to acknowledge. Right. What direction is he going? He's kind of going into the um, shoegazing rock, like electric guitars. He, he uh, one of his records, two of his records were produced by the guys from My Morning Jacket. Um, that's mm-hmm. his backing band. He went on tour with them for a little bit. And then the last record was, uh, he kind of went into like a middle in between area. It's okay, but I wouldn't listen to it for pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Anyway. That's enough of that. Luke, 
but you would for pain. Whoa. <laughs> My number seven, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is Alabama Shake Sound and Color? Oh wow! Came out in 2015. Is that the one that has the um, "Oh bless my heart, oh bless my soul" that song? Yeah, that's the yeah. I think it was a, their debut, like their big debut album. They had a record before this that was a little more like uh, I don't know what you call it, like feel good rock stuff. Really? That's cool. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, they definitely had a record before this. Um, like a lot of riffs and like up, upbeat kind of stuff, and this has a lot of that too. But I think it's a lot more, there's a lot more like soul R and B influence. I think, and the production is a little more interesting. I thought, and this, um, this record is what like put them on the charts, though. Yeah, I just remember I was in college and I was working at this coffee shop, and the first tune comes on. It's like that vibraphone in- intro. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, I don't know. It was just like so effective. And I was like, all right, they're, they're totally up to something else are, right now. And then it's really good. Are they are they still touring? Because isn't Brittany Howard doing her solo thing now? Yeah, I, think I, think, she- I think it's only Brittany Howard right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm looking at all the writing like credits. She, she's, she has writing credits on every song. It's just Brittany Howard and Alabama Shake. So I guess she was like the prominent songwriter. I, That's why she's doing her own thing now. I gotta Smart. say, I like I like lady. that band, but I don't like her. I don't like I don't like her singing. I don't know. It just it never kind of just I don't know. Eh. I think I've the band is good, a, but I've always been a little annoyed with her singing. I don't know why. I can't. I can't. Like I don't have a, like a good explanation why. I just never like when I hear it. I'm like, oh, that's the Alabama Shakes next song. <laughs> you, you know, like because you know right yeah. away that it's her. Like. Clearly, that's, yeah. that's that's Brittany Howard saying for sure. Next song, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's nothing. Per, you know, I don't know. That's weird. I don't know. I I do think that like the Alabama Shakes featuring Brittany Howard, <laughs> I think is what it's going to end up being. But I liked that sound better than the Brittany Howard like solo record and yeah. tour. Same. I think it went too far her direction. Yeah. It. Yeah. They they really went like too far left or too far right. Whatever whatever direction she was going like hmm. in indie can only be so indie don't try to be like that weird just be you and obviously i think she was being herself the whole time with the alabama shakes right and you know hey, I have big a... bro- sorry sorry go ahead jordan oh sorry. big brother you know like big big brother label man picked her up and was like really do your thing and she was probably like oh fuck i don't know what to do <laughs> hey, i have a question um it says on Wikipedia, because we all know Wikipedia is, is the end all. Hundred percent true. That is super facts, just like Fox News. But uh, <laughs> did anyone see the uh, uh, Human Centipede uh, Fox News meme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. It's With like Trump. With it's Trump? like Trump's in the middle. It's like yeah, yeah, news, yeah. Fox News, Fox and News, then Trump, Trump and in then the middle, a, and a MAGA wearer hat. Oh, yeah. guy. <laughs> Dude, I fucking love that shit. I also oh, love. Oh my Human god, Centipede. that shit's so fucking awesome. Any. any Anyway, my my question is this: it says it says for the for the Alabama Shakes, it says uh. Wait, a, a, she just referenced that for like no reason. Hold on. Well, no, because why did I why did I think of that? Somebody. I don't. I don't fucking know. Oh, because you know. brought because you, you brought up Fox News, and I I, 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 oh, I thought of the, okay. thought of the meme. Because I'm always thinking about freak? people having their face sewed to someone's asshole, dude. Come on. Um, Who doesn't dude, think by the way, Luke, so if you crazy. haven't seen the human centipede, I recommend it, bro. Dude, I, I've I seen will, it. 
<laughs> you have or haven't? It's pretty awesome. I, ha- I watched it with my uh, girlfriend I had in college, and she made me turn it off. I remember that she went to sleep, and I finished it. Oh, man. Look, have you have you watched all of them, though? No. Stop dude. after one the first was, one, dude. Stop. One I've, I've seen them all. I've seen them all. Dude, but stop the after the first one. one is so fucked up. They're, that, How do they take it to is, the next level? But yeah, well, yeah. The third, the third one is like stupid and cheesy. But the second one, that shit made me fucking like my stomach churn. That shit was fucked up. <laughs> really? Just, the look on that chick's face when the Asian dude shits in her mouth, dude, is in the first one, is cl- un is classic. Like, oh my god, classic. I've never yeah. seen it. So and- I, I've drawn <laughs> so many human centipede in my old job when I was back in Baltimore. <laughs> I would draw fucking dicks all the time on, on little pieces of paper, and I'd put them all over the whole fucking building. Nice. And people would like open up a drawer to get something and be like, "God damn it, Jordan, there's a dick in here." And, then, <laughs> and so then I watched the Human Centipede, and I was like, "Ooh, game on, Human Centipede drawings." <laughs> all right, so real real quick, not just so we can get back on track. I love talking about dicks and human centipedes, but <laughs> <laughs> my question was this. It says associated acts, the revivalists. Did they have? Did how are they associated with the Alabama Shakes? Do you guys probably know? a tour? Like just to, just did a tour together. Usually That's when it says guess. usually when it says associated acts, it means someone from that band was in Alabama Shakes, or they started from this band, or you know what I mean? Like so, the the revivalists got a random like secondary drummer within the last couple years. Okay. And he may have come from the Alabama Shakes. This is all just guessing. And I could probably just click on the link. I'm just too lazy to do <laughs> to do that. But I like to talk it out and see the hearsay. <laughs> uh, anyway, we 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 should get on to the next whoever's next. I just I just saw that and I thought that was it. I like the revivalists. They're a great band. But um, um, I think you're next. I'm next. You are, buddy. Oh, what number are we at? Seven. Seven. My number seven. That whiskey's getting polished off. <laughs> I know. I, I'm going to need a break to get more beverage. Bruno Mars, 24 Karat Magic. Yeah! Oh, we're in the Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. So I, we've already talked about it. I love Bruno Mars, and um, I listen to this record, especially um, the Mark Ronson tune, which I can't think of the title of it right now because I'm Uptown I'm Funk. Drinking. Thank you, Uptown Funk. But the whole record... In general, I love that record. So, and the production value on that thing is fucking gold. So, I love it. So, enough said. Great record, Hall of Fame. Yeah, like, twenty four karat. How much gold. they like spent on on that record to make the record? I bet it. I bet it's on the the dark web. I bet you can find that. Yeah. What? Let's find out. Actually, Jordan, I can hear Jordan typing. So go ahead, or somebody. I'm not. Typing. I'm not me. Typing. I, I was I'm typing so... aggressively. Sorry. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> typing. I was scratching my my. My five o'clock shadow that seems to be growing faster every hey, day. Well, the twenty-four karat magic tour made two hundred and forty million dollars. That's that's out of fucking control. That's just the tour. Hang on. Um, how much money does Bruno? Oh, here you go. Bruno Mars makes nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars per show. Oh my Ooh, fucking god! <laughs> Damn, I'm in the wrong business. Fuck right? y'all. I'm, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's go on. Who's next? <laughs> um, I think I am. You are, buddy. Um, where are we at here? Number, Number seven. seven. Chris Jacobs, Dust to Gold. Ooh, I knew it had to make it in there somewhere. I mean, it, I could have made an honorable mention, but honestly, 
as a guitar player, as a songwriter, Chris Jacobs has been my biggest inspiration since I was like an adult. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I saw him play, I was like 18 or 19 years old. Mark, you weren't even in the band yet. I Ooh. was tr I was tripping on mushrooms. <laughs> I had never seen the band before. A friend brought me. He was like, hey, got this extra ticket. It's Thanksgiving Eve. Let's eat some mushrooms. Go see this band. It's free. Cool. Let's go. And the bridge blew my mind. And Chris Jacobs, for sure. And I've obviously, like, went from being, like, a fan to a photographer to a tech to a friend still a tech this record dust of gold the track devil or Des jesse james hallelujah uh hallelujah hustler it's hard to say uh, dude delivery Jack man fucking delivery Jack man. The Whistle Hammer, delivery man that's my bone shit dude bone digger yeah, like dude. green the sky whole record's incredible yeah the green Fuck sky yeah. bluegrass is playing bone digger um cool. little dreamer uh, leaving Charm City. I mean, there's just like so many good songs in this. And actually, you have the right. You probably have the answer to this. Uh, how long was he writing for this album? Because I feel like every song's almost it could be a hit. Like every song's written incredibly. Uh, not long, because he had a, a record right before this that. that songs uh, for he, cats and dogs. The songs for cats and dogs was before this, but that was like two years before. So I, I so I would say two years. Okay, because this this is the one that he came out with. It was just under his name. It wasn't Chris Jacobs' band. It was just it Chris was Jacobs. Ju yeah, yeah. The, the branding changed, and the fucking artwork is dope. And the, the band homies, changed too. Uh, the band changed to a, a full touring band. The the, the album before was like kind of all the friends. It was the drummer Mike Gambone from the Bridge, uh, Dave Hadley on pedal steel, who's in the Bumper Jacksons, which is a touring band out of Baltimore um ed huff was on drums who wait hold on we've opened for the bumper jacksons yeah he was there too he, oh yeah i didn't yeah, meet dave, him yeah, yeah I, i've done a couple cool like bluegrass gigs with with dave hadley too on on pedal steel he's a he's a baller player he's a, yeah he's a good player good cool dude too he's a, he, he's a really humble dude he's an older guy and he just like he just wants to play yep dragonfly um, that was on that record right yeah yes yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. I just listened to it the other day. It's like Redbone Cat, and Dragon Cats and Fly. Dogs. It was on Cats and Dogs. Oh, 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 I was, I was like, Dustin Gold? No. Who who, who played uh, yeah, bass? Was it Jake Leckie playing bass in that It was album? Jake Leckie, yeah. He's in California Jake, now, right, I think? He he moved out to California, and now I think he's living in Brooklyn. He's, oh, back, in, he's back in New York. Good player, yeah. good upright player. Um, But yeah, I mean, Chris is always like, he always knew what he wanted. He still knows what he wants. He's got like such a good head on his shoulders. He's the biggest inspiration in my playing um, and kind of like an inspiration is like a, just being a fucking good dude. He's yeah. he's always he's been a, a, a big uh, a big influence on me since the <laughs> my first <laughs> first time seeing him when I was tripping balls. But he, he's, um, he's a good dude, man. When I first met him, I was very intimidated by him because he's a big he's tall. He's like six, two or three. And he's, he's, yeah, he's like, like very, six, three, he's you know, fucking, but, Big hairy, sweaty, dominant man. He gives you he gives you the scowl if you do something he doesn't like. But like, dude, he's like a sweetheart, man. He's 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 yeah. and he's a, he's a hell of a musician too, for sure. Yeah, he is. He's taking good care of me too, as as a musician and as a photographer. Chris Jacobs has always been, you know, right there to to help me out when I need it, when I don't need it. And he's just he's a great friend, sure. a good client, uh, 
a good musician, a good songwriter, a good father, great, family great man. poker player. He's, I hear he's a really good poker player. That that's how he met Ivan Neville. That's, that's right. A, that's that's a, right. Yeah. What well, Harris? We should have Chris. We should have Chris Jacobs on. We should do a podcast with Chris Jacobs. We, sh- we should actually. We've been talking about. We, we've been talking about bringing him on anyway. We should definitely do that for sure. So. But yeah, this. I mean, this record, great record. So many good songs, upbeat, slow songs, acoustic, electric, all the stuff with the good band. There's no way I could not put this on my top ten. Not just for myself, but for everybody should know it. It's it's a good record. Hell yeah. It is a good I feel record. like I'm talking way too much about my records. It's cool. Well, it's let's okay. go on. <laughs> All right. Next? Number six. This is Rob Tate here with his number six. Uh, now for something completely different. Uh, Kanye West's My Beautiful Dark and Twisted Fantasy uh, came out in 2010. Um, so this record's interesting for my timeline because it's right when I was uh, getting ready to go into my last year of college. Um, and it doesn't quite fit my mold. I was playing a lot of big band music. Uh, but it came out with, the, it came out as a, a movie, like four songs released on the same day. And it was like a, a mini movie and it caught my attention so much because of the imagery that, that, that came out. This album came out right after, or a year and a half after the Taylor Swift thing where he interrupts Taylor Swift and all that. Oh yeah. Jazz. And then he's, he just stopped recording because of the backlash. He went, he like, he like, uh, went to Hawaii and like shunned himself from the world. And then he recorded this album and it's just the biggest fuck you to everybody and materialism, the net news and like all this shit about running away. It's a great, great record, great melodies, great drum grooves and great and great, like uh, uh, hip hop rappers, not like, you know, derogatory shit or like gangs or anything shitty. This is actually meaningful topics you know like talking about your girl or talking about running away with your girl or like family things like that check out this album it's fantastic uh there are too many people like that are on this record to name them all but like this is an amazing record connie produced the whole thing he has a lot of songwriters he's like he he might take the record for most songwriters per album i i mean i i could see that for sure him him or beyonce it's it's one or the other i mean they got the money right yeah uh but this record was just huge in the in 2010. This was the record. In fact, you know what? It dropped. Somebody found it and dropped it illegally. And then Kanye was so spiteful that he went and like remixed it, added shit and took some shit away and then like re-released the record as Fuck his. Him. That's a boss move. Like two weeks later, a week later. It was insane. That's a boss move. Damn. I like that. But that record has like. Uh, that song, No One Man Should Have All That Pow, and like a bunch of other songs. It's a great album. And I'm done talking about it. <laughs> Is he no still a big Donald Trump guy? Yes. I, I do, don't know. Really? I, would, I would assume so. David Letterman kind of called him out on uh, his show on Netflix. Uh, he's, Kanye just seems like full of shit. I don't know. But the his music was good up until that point. Yeah, I would say that's the the end of us talking about kanye west i'm glad we got that out of the way damn really (laughs) i mean he's still like that um that like the church thing that he did that he put out like some youtube videos for but then he did it live at coachella was i think the best thing he ever did um it was some of the coolest grooves and the rap and the way he used like 50 to 100 like straight up gospel choir people in a circle is super dope 
but I just can't I can't get over his bullshit, especially after the Taylor Swift thing. Like he's just an asshole. Fuck that guy. Fuck yeah, that guy. fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. All right, Luke, take it away. Number six. Number six is Scrapomatic. It's called I'm a Stranger and I Love the Night. Came out in 2012. That's a my two two thousand list too. It's Mike Madison again. But this is his duo with Mike Madison and Paul Olson. But there's a full band on this. And it's reminiscent of all Mike's stuff. I mean, really, really good songwriting, great lyrics, uh, really honest and simple, simple songs, which I really like, but that can hold up over like multiple, multiple listens. All right, Mark Brown, take it away. Number six. My number six is Galactic Yakame. Which is from 2010. Nice. So, uh, this this so Galactic. What they've always kind of done after like their third record is they always they started bringing in like um, classic New Orleans figures and and legends, music legends, and from the New Orleans scene to like be on their records. So this this album especially they they have Irma Thomas does Heart of Steel, which is a tune that we've covered. Um, she's a big New Orleans name. Rebirth Brass Band is on it. Uh, Big Chief Bodalis, Alan Toussaint does a tune with them, and they do a lot of bounce hip hop, uh, like New Orleans bounce, which is like the the, the New Orleans version of of hip hop. Um, they have a lot of bounce artists on there. Like, che- like current, they did some shit with Currency or something, right? Yeah, uh, and Cheeky Black is on there. Yeah, and, Cheeky Black, that's what it was. Big uh, Frida, dude. Yeah, fuck who, yeah. Who's who's a, a a dude in drag doing doing bounce. Um, yeah, yeah. So so good, man. Um, Glenn David Andrews, who is uh, Trombone Shorty's, I think cousin, I think or uncle, something like that. He's on it. Um, so anyway, it, it, Trombone Shorty's on it too. Um, but it's it's a great record. Love Stanton Moore, and I love the way I love the way they cut records. This I think I've mentioned this before, but the, they they cut records where Stanton will record a bunch of drum tracks, and then the the rest of them come in and produce it and move his stuff around and like write a song around what Stanton played. And this album more so than any other record they've done, really kind of showcases that style of writing. You, you can cool. tell that all the tunes were like Stanton had an idea, and then Ben Elman and Rob Mercurio, the bass player and sax player, came in and produced it and wrote a song around whatever Stanton did. And that's it, cool. It's super that's, cool. That's, that's how I've been trying to write like songs for, for Handbone. You know, it's like I grew up as you know, I'm just a singer-songwriter. I write acoustic songs on a, an acoustic guitar. It's really weird to try to write a... Uh, you know a, a song for an organ trio <laughs> it's it's it, it's hard man it's not the easiest thing in the world to do you no know? so i've been like like making drum drum grooves and like be like okay and, or like i'll come up with the guitar line and i record the guitar line and then i have to like manipulate all these drum grooves and i'm like well fuck this guitar line i'm gonna play a new <laughs> one so I, I didn't i didn't know that about that galactic album but that's 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 really cool because yeah. it's kind of been my my approach to uh to like to writing you know, for Hambone in this this weird quarantine place where we can't all just like sit down and right shed riffs with each other. It's kind of cool. Like when the when the bridge was on the road, we we toured with Galactic for a week, and we talked to Ben Elman, the sax player, and he produces a lot of the records. And he was telling us that he was like a lot of times Stanton plays with like seven hundred bands, so yeah, he doesn't oh, he sure. can't come in and cut a record for a month with us. So yeah. he comes in for like a weekend. And lays down a bunch of. I've been working on this groove in five. Here it, here it is. And then they, him and Rob Mercurio, the bass player, just take it and they create a song out of whatever he recorded. 
That's and crazy. It's kind of cool. And then, and then you know, when they go on tour, they rehearse it and everything. But like, it's it's such a cool thing. And then with this, they bring in like Rebirth Brass Band and, and Alan Toussaint's on a tune, and it's so cool. So this is my by far my favorite Galactic album. Was was sure. Corey Henry the the trombone player, not the organ player? He was on that all over that. Yes, record, this right? this was the era. This this album came out right before the bridge did that tour with them, so it was Corey yeah, yeah. Henry and uh, so it wasn't. Now they have a uh, what's his name, Shamar Allen's playing with them, the trumpet player. Yeah, but this was when yeah. Corey Henry was still in the band, the trombone yeah, when player. I, when I saw the last time I saw Galactic was at Halloween twenty eighteen, and they did not have Corey Henry. Was it, was it trumpet trumpet guy Shamar Allen? Yeah, yeah. it was. He, Shamar he's Allen. awesome. Yeah. He's sick, but it I I really miss Corey show. Henry though for sure. I do. I, he brought like. The very like that kind of X factor, mm-hmm. yeah. And, like he never knew what the fuck he was gonna do. He was a good hype man too, and he would just sit. He would hold one note, like yeah. like I was saying. He was like, Wah. you know, <laughs> you know, he's. Wah. I don't know and if he's an like original rock one note. <laughs> I don't know if he's an original member, but he was one of the main dudes in Rebirth Brass Band for many years. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where that's where he came from. Was Rebirth. That's cool. So. I did. I that's a fun fact. Yeah. Look at you, Mark Brown, coming with the fun facts. Yeah, dude, I know my note. Hey, by the way. It's Jazz Fest Eve, y'all. I know. Fucking Jazz we, Fest was supposed to start tomorrow. We're supposed to be in Nashville right now. I know, dude. What the fuck? Eating chicken. I know. Eating fucking chicken and. Well, hopefully, I'm working on this tour for this time next year. So hopefully, it'll happen. Maybe next year we'll be playing Jazz Fest. Maybe. Suck. Not now. You're talking, brother. Anyway, so that that's my number six. Jordan, take it away. Number. All right, six. number six. Jordan August here, the Lone Bellow debut album, self-titled, 2013. Nice. We were just talking about this one. This album. Who like, is it? The the Lone Bellow. Um, this this record like really kind of fucked me up in like a good way. Um, their big, um, the the big release was called "You Never Need Nobody," and I remember hearing it on the radio the first year when I started charm city bluegrass, that song came out. I was sitting in my truck in at the festival, like park. We were, we did it at a parking lot at a brewery. I was, I'd been waiting for porta pots to be delivered. It was, this is the night before the festival started. Um, and the, and they were late. Everything else was set up and ready to go. I had no porta pots and there with my friend. We're sitting in the fucking truck and we're listening to WTMD, which is like college radio for Baltimore. And the song, You Never Need Nobody, comes on. And I was like, damn, who wrote this song? I know the Lone Bellow is playing it, but who the fuck wrote this song? And I was like, damn, this is their song. I need to know this band. And I bought their record the next day, like the morning when I had, I had to be at the festival at like 8 a.m. And I'm like downloading it on iTunes. And this... It put me back into my writing game. Uh, there are lyrics, simple use of chords, uh, three-part harmonies. Like they just—they are everything that I want to be as a songwriter, as like as what they are as a band. And they've evolved into growing into a you know like a big band. Now they got some horns, and some electric guitars, and stuff. But um, green eyes and a heart of gold um you can be all kinds of emotional fire red horse teach me to know uh the one you should have let go i mean there's so many good songs the whole the whole record is perfect from top to bottom um i know rob knows 
still on Bello, but I'm, you know, Mark and Luke, like, if you want to listen to just some like songwriter stuff, this, never heard of them. The Lone Bellow is someone to really dig into. It's it it is very like emotional. Like they they get you. They they hit you in the in the yeah. That places. song. Uh, then came the morning. XPN's been playing it a lot. It's a great yeah. great song of theirs. Not that record, I don't think, but it's a great song. Yeah, they have, they just put out a new record too a few months ago. Um, then came the morning was the album before the newest one. So they have they have a new record out now. That's they have a horn section uh it's it's more like electric and like you know bandy it's it's really cool that's awesome and i i got to i hired them to play charm city bluegrass festival and got to hang out and meet them and get to know them as people and like it was really cool to see that's dope um people that i that i look up to as songwriters that are just like such normal people they brought their kids off the bus like Oh, wow. They're running, you know, they're running around the festival before their performance and blowing bubbles with, with fans out in the crowd and just being, they're just super normal people that are just just having to be really talented. So it was really cool. That's really cool. I like that story. I'm definitely gonna check out that record. Uh, probably in the morning. All right, that's our halfway go. point. We are halfway. Halfway point. P break. P break. P break. Let's do it. Do do it. Brb, bros. All right. Rob Tate here. Rob Tate here is going to do his number five. <laughs> I'm not editing any of this. At all. And guess what? It's not. It's not fish. So my number five <laughs> is Chris Stapleton's From A Room, Volume 1. The year was 2017 when it was released. This album uh, was not my introduction to Chris Stapleton, but it's definitely like solidified. Uh, his place in my favorite songwriters of all time. And not to mention one of my new favorite drummers who does, he doesn't put out a lot of stuff, but Derek Mixon hmm. is an incredible drummer and percussionist. He's his primary drummer and he's amazing. His band is amazing, but Chris Stapleton works with this guitar player called Dave Cobb and they, he, they produced the record together. I know but Dave this, Cobb. Yeah. He produced this record oh, and the other good. one too. Uh, the other from an A room, but this album won best country best country album at the CMAs and the Grammys, and it it it's it's amazing. It made me cry. Like there's nothing this, wrong with this album from top to bottom. Top to bottom, it's great songwriting. Nothing. It's like it's the perfect country album. No fat. Everything's trimmed. Which album is that? From A Room Volume One. It's volume the one. it's the tan cover, not the red I, cover. I don't even like. I would. I wouldn't even call it like a country album. Like it's more of a soul record than a country record. He's he's such a soul singer. Yeah. Um, I think the music is country, but he's such a soul singer. Like he I mean he's got a southern draw to him, but like he's one of my big vocal influences. You know, when when I write songs, like I want to write a Chris Stapleton song. I hear that in your singing, actually. That, that makes a lot of sense. You know, like, I, I I, have a little bit of a gritty voice. I don't have a range like he does. And I definitely don't have, like, the soul runs, the <laughs> things he can do. You know, I think if maybe if I practice more, I could. But um, 
Stapleton is, is a huge influence in my in my singing and songwriting and I've never looked at him as a country guy. Which I is, think he's definitely like Chris Jacobs where he doesn't he could fit into that mold. There's a lot of genres he fits into. I totally agree. I yeah. totally agree. And and that's I think Chris like Chris Jacobs found himself in country because he had to like I think you have to pick a genre. And then yeah. I was like, you know, hey, Jordan August band, I'm gonna be I'm country, but like <laughs> I'm fucking not, you know. You're rock, mm-hmm. you're rock and roll, dude. It's just true, rock true. and roll. That's just rock and roll. I think yeah. Alarms kind of sums it up too. Alarms is a fucking straight up rock tune, man. It's just a rock and roll song. Yeah. And like I've been I've been trying I've been slowly recording some new tunes and I'm gonna send it to you guys because I I wanna do like a maybe we can do like a like a five song Jordan August Hell yeah. thing. You know? Yeah. That'd like be cool. A, a Jordan Hambone relay thing. I mean um uh, and 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 it's all like very acoustic bass, but I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some a couple electric things on there, and then Luke will 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 play them, and I'll take my tracks out, but just like give like, you know, an idea of it, and we can make our the next awesome. Staple, the next Stapleton record, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and we we'll call it from B room from the yeah. beat room. But I do fucking love, I love your choice. I, I, it's it's that's in my honorable mentions. I think you did a really good job putting that in your top ten. I totally support it. Um, it's a smart choice. It's a great Thank record. You. Yeah. Moving right along, Luke, Mr. Luke Faircone. That's right. My number Fucking five, Lou Bosney, baby. <laughs> my number five is Blake Mills, and the record's called Hi Ho. Oh, cool. It came out in 2014. Oh wait, you and you told me about this record while we were on tour. This is a great. Yeah, I've talked about it a lot. Yeah, he's he's phenomenal. I think the first time I heard of him was he played. Uh, what's the Volpec Rango or something? He plays yeah. Rango Two. He plays in the second version of that tune. Yeah. Yeah, and he plays slide, and I remember, like, hearing that player. I was like, "Holy shit, who's this guy?" Like, I thought I would have heard of him on hour, and then I just started looking him up and going from there and. Great songwriter. He was also a founding member of Dawes, so he was in that oh, band. I didn't realize that. That's, that's crazy. That's a that's a really fun fact. Here, here's another yeah. another fun fact. He did a compilation album, which was a uh, was called "Just Tell Me That You Want Me," a tribute to Fleetwood Mac. He co-produced it and played on it with Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Actually. Damn, oh, that's cool. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah, I think he's turned into like a big session guy. He uh, he put out his first record. I think it was called "Break Mirrors." Uh, with a big intent to like get more session work and kind of obviously with like artistic decisions, but to show his producing skills and his songwriting and studio chops. And it got him a lot of work. He also produced the sound and color record, which I thought was really cool. And if you listen to his solo records, you can really tell his influence. He's another, he makes songs that, seem really simple but then when i try and learn them it's like holy shit this is like a lot fucking harder than what met the eye but he plays in a way that comes across as really uh relatable and simple and direct but it has like the nuance of you know uh kind of like the bill for sell thing sure interpretations of simple songs but with his with his own kind of vibe to it. This is pretty crazy. Yeah. It says here he he has uh, producer credits on upcoming albums with John Legend and Jim James. 
Yeah, he did That's the What's that John Legend called? Darkness to Light or Darkness okay, to Light or yeah. something? I've been listening to a lot of John Legend recently. Yeah, he worked he's on great. that. John, he's he's so awesome, man. He's yeah, such he's a good awesome. songwriter and like he I like that he's like a really good singer, but his range isn't like super huge. Yeah. It's it's realistically enjoyable. As he, a singer. He was great. Know, like, I could like pick a John Legend song and be like I could sing this song. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't do a, a, a great job on it, but I could hit yeah, notes. You, you know, it's like, I and like, and I, especially with like me watching The Voice right now and like watching how he's picking uh, people and how he is like super humble to the people that have these huge ranges. He's like, dude, I can't sing that, but I love you for it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Also, he was great as Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ Superstar. Just want to throw that out there. <laughs> he was. He was. Yeah. He was great. That right, Sarah Bareilles right, as Mary right. Magdalene. That was awesome, dude. <laughs> you're sure. right. And you're Alice right. Cooper as as a uh, as fucking King Harry, dude. Oh man, that was creepy though, right? It was. Dude. It was so good though. Creepy. It was so like, good. It's so creepy. That's such a hard musical to really nail. And I thought, I thought there's been a, a, like the best Jesus Christ was Ian Gillen. From Deep Purple, like yep. in the in the seventies. Uh, obvi- obviously, you would think that. But but like fuck well, yeah. Well, I had like four Deep Purples in these in these lists. But 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 <laughs> but John but John Legend nailed it. He fucking nailed it for sure. So yeah, John. He's just like this is a good old boy. He's a good boy. Good like boy. Him. I feel he's like a good I old be, boy. I, I could be friends with him. I agree. All right, Mark Brown number. Five. five already been mentioned. Wolfpack, beautiful game. Nice Hall yeah. of Fame. I think I think I've said it all before, but I think I love all their EPs are great. Thrill of the Arts are great is great, but like I think I think this album when this album came out, there's not a song on this record that I skip. Like that's how how I kind of like judge like an album that means a lot to me that I love that's a great album is if there's not a track on that record that I skip past like then it's it's doing something and every single tune in this on that record is is great so um I love the production on it I love the songs they're all great musicians Corey Wong um Dean Town like I love that record so it's it's definitely by far my favorite Wolfpack album of all time it's a goodie Hell yeah. yeah, it's a goodie. I mean, it, just the players—they're all good. It's all—it's—it's it's smart music. Um, obviously, like musically, but also like their marketing is smart. It's just like Wolfpack is—you know, twenty-five, thirty years from now, people are going to talk about Wolfpack for more reasons than um, the actual music. Right. They were just like really smart. Does anyone have and... Sleepify in their top ten? <laughs> <laughs> No. Honorable mention. <laughs> right. That's funny. All right. Jordan August, number five. Here we are. Jordan August, number five. Snarky Puppy, 2016. Culture Vulture. I should have mentioned Ooh. them, too. That's a good choice. Um, So I love three, four bands are my four main listens. Not in any single order. Fish, The Grateful Dead, Snarky Puppy, 
and the lone bellow that's pretty much all i listen to all the time nice. and um culture vulture is uh not necessarily it's not their newest release but it's the last release that really had like any sort of pickup you know mm-hmm. um I also think it's like super crazy that Michael League is he writes everything. Yeah. He's like you know our new our, like I don't know, our new composer for the modern day. Well, I was actually listening to a, an interview of his um or like they're interviewing him for some PBS thing. And he talks a lot about in the beginning, he would write out every single note, like every single part, exactly how he wanted it. But now he said that he's evolving into letting the artists kind of contribute their parts a lot of the time. Well, I know on, on culture vulture, he, he gets a lot of writing credits. I know Justin Stanton got, has a song on there. Chris Bullock, has a song on there. Bob Lanzetti has a song on there. Um, there's a a, a Mark Latari song. Mark Latari, yeah, he's a great guitar player. Uh, he's he's badass. I I love him. I, I to took cover a couple. Le- I took like a couple lessons from him online. Oh, that's cool. And like it was it was way above my head. You know, John Udinsky was a huge Mark Latari fan. Yeah, uh, Mark Latari is. I mean, he's just. That's he's just a, such a sweet boy, and sweet I think boy. that's like the thing with like with the snarky puppy people. I've gotten to meet some of them, you know. Like I've gone and and seen side projects. Like they're all so fucking humble, but they're all like Grammy winners, which is like kind of fucking crazy to be like, you know, part of of like the biggest of the big, and then just be like, eh, whatever, you know. Mm. Let's play Milk Boy on a Tuesday to forty five people. <laughs> you know yeah. I, I think that's super dope a friend of mine from baltimore is banging the sax player from snarky puppy that's not, awesome not right now because we're in quarantine but she's well she, she was you know she she was banging you know the the uh no i'm sorry trumpet player trumpet player from from snarky puppy big tall guy i don't remember his name but i know who you're talking about and you know, like, it's just, I think it's cool for, like, I look up to that band as musical innovators, and they're no different than any of us four. Yeah, at the, at the end for of real. The day, you know, at the end of working the day, working hard. You know, they're, they're just working, and they're fucking doing what they want to do, and they're creative, and they're smart, and that's what they do. Yep. But But to me, they should be living in, like, the same house that Kim Kardashian lives in because that yeah. bitch doesn't do shit. And you know, I bet she's on the booty gram, but you know, I mean, every, every now and then I drop a Kim pick. Don't worry. But I'm just saying like, snarky puppy. I, I also have like a, you know, some honorable mentions from them. Like they inspire me musically um they're like my motivation uh to be a better musician that's right on snarky puppy is for me i mean in college that was a huge influence for me too they were they were just everywhere they were amazing i think they went to my college it was actually a youtube 
uh, video of them doing uh, doing like a Michael Lee doing a Q&A at a UArts. But go check that out on the YouTube. All right, here's my number four, Rob Tate, number four here. Lay it down, uh, brother. It's uh, already been talked about, so I don't need to speak any more on it. Just I love this album very much. Listen to it all the time. Casey Musgraves, Golden Hour. Fuck yeah. Uh, the whole record's pretty. I would only cut one or two songs, but the whole record almost is perfect. Um, and I really like the songwriting choices. And I didn't know about the barn thing. That's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, I got nothing else to add. It's a great record. Moving right along. Luke. Cool. Lay it on. My num- What's your number four, brother? My number four is D'Angelo and the Vanguard, Black Messiah. Yeah. Oh, my man. 2014. And big D'Angelo fan, all of the other stuff. And I guess this was his first record, what, in 14 years? Since yeah. Yeah, that was the 2000 when he did Voodoo. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it's like a little derivative from that stuff, but in a like an awesome way, I think. Uh, it's got a lot of the same elements to it for sure. I think Questlove is on a lot of the drums. Pia Paladino's on bass. Uh, and the guitar playing is like unbelievable. He's got Snakey Alfred on a couple tunes, I think. And then Isaiah Sharkey, which is a great, great guitar player. And the whole album just feels great. Great melody, awesome production. And I can just listen to it like on repeat like four times. It's awesome. It's awesome. Betray it's My Heart is probably my favorite one. It's a goodie. I like that record yeah, a lot. I mean, that, that there was some weird shit that happened on that record. I loved every bit of it, like musically. Oh yeah, definitely. Like stuff I did was like I don't really know what's happening. Some weird. <laughs> yeah. There were there were fucking thirteen notes, you know, thirteen chords in there. That I was like, oh, what is that? Goddamn adult <laughs> adult chords. Adult there was chords. some serious. There was a lot of adult chords on that record. All right, Mark Brown. Mark Brown. Oh. Palmyra. Palmyra. Um, <laughs> All the way from Palmyra, New Jersey, Mr. Mark Brown. <clears throat> number four. Number four. Otis number Grove, four. live from Boston, 2013. Nice. You played that on the road, too. Yeah, so there, there's two. There's there's like, th- okay, there's three artists that Handbone Relay is kind of modeled after. One is Soul Live, but we've kind of we're not really Soul Live anymore. We started out kind of as a Soul Live, that was our thing, right? But we kind of we sh- we strayed from that. Then it's Robert Walter. We talked about him last time with "There Goes the Neighborhood," that album that came out in two thousand three, and then Otis Grove. And Otis Grove is kind of like they're like they kind of bridge jazz, funk, and rock in this organ trio thing, and that's kind of like what I want this like they were the biggest influence on me for uh especially for so they have a tune on this record called my peeps it's called which is mm-hmm. the which is a direct um influence to the song sick bra and you guys if you listen to that tune you'll you'll definitely i mean it's a totally different What's song. The name of the song it's called my peeps but that tune <clears throat> i think it's the second track on that album um, that out, and it's super raw. I mean, it's live in like a. T- I mean, they're not a huge band, you know. Like they're not selling thousands of tickets. They're probably selling. There's probably like 200 people at this club in Boston, um, and it's like fucking raw live energy. There's mistakes, you know, but it's it's fucking good. And that tune, my peeps, is based it. That tune influenced Sick Bra. Like Sick Bra came from that tune. I was listening That's to this cool. album a lot when I wrote Sick Bra. So, um, 
But anyway, great, great album, great band, and love them. So that's my number four. That's cool. Yep. I like it. Jordan August. I've never, I've never heard of that artist. So that's something. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, check check them out. They're 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 great. They're, they're straight up organ trio. The guitar player is sick too. He, he's he's very shreddy. They they played a lot of like uh, jam band festival. They played like gathering the vibes and stuff. But they're like a oh, New cool. England band. They didn't they don't tour like across the country. It's all like northeast stuff. You know. Okay. So. Bam, that's the best. That's the best coast. <laughs> um, is it Jordan August turn? Jordan August band. <laughs> I've been drinking. That'd be funny if I put my own record on here. Um, <laughs> I was thinking that. <laughs> um, so I'm going to throw my number four at Tyler Childers, uh, his record Purgatory from 2017. Oh, nice. Although. I think he's done some better things since then, but they're not albums. They're just like some sort of like studio sessions and like live video stuff. Um, this is kind of like my new uh, singer songwriter influence. Um, he's just like a good old boy from Kentucky. He wrote really honest lyrics really simple songs he never really has like a big chorus like if you think like you know what a big chorus is in pop music or stuff you hear on the radio he doesn't have the big chorus Mm -hmm. as his shit just fucking hits you right and it's pretty much the same chords and the same melody as the verse or the bridge but with like a different twist in the lyrics and i i think it's beautiful and uh, he he has this song called White House Road, uh, which is basically about like I don't know doing drugs like out out in the boonies and like banging women, <laughs> and it's just so well put together and it's so honest and uh, he's a young guy, um, and he's doing really well right now. He was supposed to be playing with. He's, you know, had a tour booked with Sturgill Simpson um, that got canceled because of this pandemic. And um, he sold out the Fillmore here in Philly in like 3,500 seats or, you know, standing spaces. And he was nothing two years ago. He was he was playing 100, he, like boot and saddle, you know, like he was nothing. Now he's selling out. 8,000 person seats so wow um there's a lot of good songs on the record definitely listen to white house road uh feathered indians he's just like a really good honest like lyrical writer really simple guitar player got a really unique voice it's really good um he's my current uh, listen to all the time to inspire me to try to write something new. That's awesome. That's my that's my new jam. I'll definitely check that out. Right. I just I just favorited it. I'm gonna listen to it tomorrow. It's a cool one. All right, Rob Tate here. My number three is Amos Lee's Mission Bell. Oh, fuck. um, I forgot about that. I did too. I actually switched out when I was making my list. J- John Mayer was there with Paradise Valley. 
And then I really thought about it. I thought about Amos Lee. I was like, fuck. So I had it. I looked at this album. Well, he's, uh, a, he's a Jersey boy, too. No, he's a. Well, I thought he was he, a Philly yeah, boy. He's from Jersey originally. He's he says he's from Philly. He's from Jersey. He uh, okay. His you know Mike Kaufman, right, Mike? Yeah. He taught with Kate for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So his, his Amos Lee's parents I, were his neighbors. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. I forgot. Like I Cherry forgot. Hill or some shit somewhere in somewhere around there. I don't know. Um. Yeah. Amos yeah, Lee. He's, he's right. Like he's like up against the river, like Philly, Jersey. But I've he's definitely a Jersey boy. Yeah, I've heard he's a super weird guy. I've met him once. He's fucking tall. He's huge. Um, no, I met him at he, Time, actually. I, I, he used to come to the Man Center. When I first started working at the Man, he he had like a... Basically, he just had like a, a season pass. Like he was allowed to come whenever he wanted. And he would sit in like our, our staff box. And that's where I would go to like take pictures uh, when I wasn't allowed up in the pit or something like that, and I had to like hide from the crowd, and I I would stand next to Amos Lee all the time, but he's always sitting down. I never saw him stand up. Is he tall? He is massive. Really? He's he's a big dude, or at least he's definitely bigger than six foot because he's huge. Um, Googling this, shit. but like so, this record um, uh, definitely got me out of a bad place mentally. Uh, it's it's. Kind of how, how you were discussing your your last artist, Jordan. He's very simple. The melodies really are uplifting, or if they're they're sorrow, they're, but they're really they really hit you right where they they need to. And it's and in terms of the band, it's I said this on the last podcast where uh, everybody has like a place in in like their little yeah. sonic space. This yeah. is like if yeah, you're, you're and, and you're also you, Rob, you're really good at like describing that. The, I mean, the, peop the people in their place. Uh, I like that. It's like, yeah, it's it's true. Like, the, if you listen to this record, like, nobody's overplaying. They're playing to the song. Everyone's being like, kind of like Ringo Starr and the Beatles. They're playing the For perfect sure. spot, letting Amos lead, sing his thing. It's a great album, whole top to bottom. It's uh, I talk a lot about lyrics on this podcast, and it's really starting to really starting to notice. But like, <laughs> it's it's really really, um really hits home with me he talks a lot about home and travel discovering yourself but anyway uh that's my number three amos lee mission bell and that's Ooh. got is that windows are rolled down on there yeah yeah I'm, uh the other big song off of that record is i'm sorry I'm uh, uh el camino jesus uh it's called jesus and learned a jesus lot is the other feature. big one it's got james gatson on it yeah yeah and then um he's also got willie nelson featured on the album right at the end yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, behind me now, an alchemy. It's an Alchemino reprise. Look at that. Yeah, that, that's some fucking jam band shit. Hmm. And uh, so, yeah, this, that's my I, thing. I fucking love this record. I like. I never. I never knew what it was called. I. I just always like. I'm like, hey, Alexa, play, play Amos <laughs> Lee. Show it. Yeah, shit. his my band's Alexa clutch. On. Hold on. I got to do a session with his keys player at turtle studios with like Ross Bell and and um, oh, cool. oh my God, what's the guy's name from get the let out. That's embarrassing. I can't remember, but like, it was really cool. Like meeting him and talking with him about that whole, that he's band. A, he's a nice guy, man. I've never, I've never stood up and talked to him. Cause I don't know how tall he is. Now I'm like freaked out about it, but <laughs> I've, I've sat down next to him at the man center and he always like wore a weird ball cat. He was like trying not to be noticed. Um, 
and I and you know I was like taking pictures like from a distance uh of of other bands that he was there to see uh one of them being Bonnie Raitt um oh wow Bob Dylan he was there for Chedesky Trucks he I don't know he's he seems like a nice guy he was always really you know like he always talked I was like hey you are you Amos Lee and he would like look around like, just to make sure yeah he'd be like yeah i am and but but i had like you know like a, a staff badge on me you know so i wasn't just like some random fucking dude but yeah he's a, he's a really nice guy i like him a lot he comes to the man center a lot that's cool or he came to the man center a lot he, he past tense motherfucker hey, he <laughs> hey. all right luke take it away buddy my number three is Milk Carton Kids Prologue. Damn, I didn't see that coming. Dude, that's in my honorable mentions, dude. All that because of you. Out. Oh, really? Nice. I, I'd never heard of them before you. Yeah, it came out in 2011. And I was trying to pick which record of theirs to pick. I really could have picked anyone. But I guess this one is the first one that I kind of got into and uh, – I've heard the most and I guess resonated with the most, but first tune Michigan is like their big tune. And uh, it's just, it's two guys with two acoustic guitars and their voices. And I think it's perfectly, it's just like perfectly in sync. It just sounds like they, it sounds effortless. I don't know. It's just like everything is just perfectly weaved. The harmonies sound effortless. The guitar playing is so like expressive and, to the song like what you were saying rob with the way they mostly use band play i mean they're they, like they're like today's generation simon and garfunkel yeah i didn't i didn't even i mean i knew who simon and garfunkel were but i had never listened to any of their music until i listened to these guys and they like, people just kept comparing them to them but uh hmm. it's pretty cool they also put out a cool record all the things that i did and all the things that i didn't do in 2018 it's a good one. It's a, full, it's a full band, which is really cool. I saw them at Union Transfer, and it's the same kind of like songwriting style and lyrical content, just kind of tone to the music. But it's cool to hear like um, lap steel and strings and upright bass and stuff. So they're they're really cool. I got and to see. Could, I, I saw them once in. 20 2014 or 20 yeah late 2014 at radio city music hall oh wow as a duo and like they it's just so crazy to be in such a large room with just Mm -hmm. two dudes on stage and to have them be so silent like the whole like the whole room be so quiet yeah, they command attention. And like... They command attention, and they do it so well. And they, they're not really asking for it. They're just like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, well, they just they suck you in. And once you're in, they they bring you along the way. There's no, like, I feel like there's no dull moments. It's all really purposeful and intent, intentional. I, I very agree. That's a really good choice to put on this on this list, especially this far into the list. That's a really good, tasteful choice. Cool. That's a good album. Mark Brown. Cool. Hey, Mark Brown here. Um, brother. 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 We haven't done a brother in a while. Brother. 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 <laughs> My number three, John Cleary, Go-Go Juice. 
So this yeah. album, this was his first uh, Grammy win. Actually, he won a Grammy with this record. What year? Uh, twenty twenty fifteen. There it is. Um, and I was just looking at the uh, so this this record, it's it's like typical. It's like you're 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 straight ahead New Orleans funk groove with like some new, like some old tricks and some new tricks. But like what makes this record is. John Cleary produced it, and he's a, he's a, a killing uh, New Orleans piano player. But he also has a, an all star band. I'm looking at the, the the players on this record. It's Nigel Halls on this record. Terrence Higgins is on drums. Kirk Joseph plays tuba. Ivan Neville is on this record. Um, That's like all the all the heavy players. Alan Toussaint did the horn arrangements. Wow, um, it's crazy. Uh, who else is on here? Oh, Eric Bloom. Uh, the trumpet player, yeah, Benny with Blue, lettuce, right? Lettuce, yeah. Um, and then uh, Al, uh, Jelly Bean Alexander, who was the drummer in um, uh, Papa Grows Funk, he's also on it. So, I mean, it's killing record, man. It just, I love this record. Uh, the 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 track, my favorite track in the record is called Boneyard, and it's like it's got like that that straight that New Orleans kind of second line groove, but it's like a funk thing, not like a straight ahead second line. It's, it's it's a great record for sure. That's cool. And he he definitely deserved. He's been around for years. I mean, he was Bonnie Raitt's keyboard player um, for many years. He he moved to his stories. He, he moved to New Orleans from England um, and was a was a guitar player. And he was a dishwasher at the Maple Leaf, where James Booker was was the house pianist. And he learned to play piano from James Booker. Damn, um, which is crazy. That's um, nuts, dude. What, what yeah. a time to be alive, dude. <laughs> right. So he's he's definitely been around. He knows that scene really well. So you know, and uh, I'm actually taking a master class with him online right now. Actually, woo! So, I didn't know that. That's really cool. Yeah. There's so also Snarky Puppy is doing master classes right now too. Oh, that's cool. Is it a live thing, Mark, or is it? No, it's is well. He has a thing where you can you can communicate with him via like FaceTime to ask him questions and stuff. But the class is like there's more than just me doing it. You know what I mean? But, but is he conducting no, it live? No, it's not live. It's not live. It's like it's pre-recorded, pre-recorded stuff, and then and then I can I can like reach out to him via a number he gives you, and ask questions. Oh, cool. Which is cool. So. Send him some dick pics, bro. <laughs> it might. We'll see. <laughs> but that's my number three, John Cleary, killing player. I love Grammy, it. Grammy winner. I love a good Grammy winner on the list. Hell yeah. All right, Jordan August, take it oh, away. Oh, no, shit, it's me. Um, this is a repeat. D'Angelo, Black Messiah. From Hall of Fame. Nice. Into the Hall of Fame. That shit is just like, that is, that shit is sex, dude. <laughs> so good. Like, for real. So fucking good. It's, I, I love also that it was like something that came out after him, like being gone for so long. Um, I feel like certain artists like that wouldn't have came back with the heat and he came back with like the hot shit mm-hmm. that that record's ridiculous. And like, I feel bad that like his stuff from the nineties didn't make it onto my list, but like, you know, Erica Badu was like a little hotter, you know, like weighed a little heavy over him in the 90s and he just like disappeared who knows what the fuck he did but whatever he did he did it right because that that black messiah album is is straight sex that's the good shit 
I love straight sex, dude. I yeah. just like weird sex, but straight sex is cool too. I'm just saying. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this if you listen if you were doing I like to get weird. If you were just making some normal sex to this album, it will lead you to the weird sex. <laughs> Trust me. I'm talking like multiple fingers in places they don't belong. Oh yeah. You know. Even even on you. <laughs> even on me. Let me see that bottle, Mark. Raise that bottle up. <laughs> let me let me see where we're at here. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Now, just to be fair, this bottle was not new. There was about that much in this bottle when I started. Yo, raise yeah. that finger, bro. It was way as more what, than that. That's what I, she <laughs> said. Go this back is, to that armor video. This All right. is where shit gets weird. This is what we're talking about. All right, right my now. second album, my, my number two. This is Rob <laughs> T here. second album. <laughs> second album. You think I've been drinking. Uh, it's already been said. It's Chris Jacobs' Dust of Gold. It's my number two. Oh, fucking Hall of Fame. Here's why it's number two. Per, it's like it's a it's perfect, perfect record top to bottom and i've been studying dusty for like the past three weeks like looking at records and looking at stuff he's played on Are you with listening uh, to dj williams and shit yeah and the stuff he did with todd like todd's record and yeah. all this other stuff and i'm like jesus christ i want to play like this guy so he's i've been trying lie, to like man but and then like i was listening sorry i didn't mean to cut you off jordan no, I, you remind me a lot of dusty's playing though that's very nice. Can of I you interject to say. on that too? Like Rob, yeah. you more so than anything you've done in a long time, the, your track on Whiskey Jar s- reminds me so much of Dusty. The way I you, agree. The way you play I that agree. track. It, I, mean, well, I definitely stole from him. Been, I think maybe you've been listening to him a bunch, but like out of like I've you know, I've played with a lot of drummers in my career and like Nate Shalkin will always be like my man. Mm-hmm. Um, but like playing with you it, it like you remind me more of of Dusty than any of the other drummers that I've ever played with. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm out. Peace. <laughs> yeah, my shit isn't working. Uh, I'll see you guys next week. Uh, yeah. But the but that album re- reminds me of what it reminded me of. Like oh, like that's why we make records. Like make something like that. Top to yeah. bottom, just like tr- all the fat was trimmed, which is so weird. Like, I love Chris Jacobs and all of his playing in his band. But when like Neville Jacobs came out, I was like, that's not it. Because I don't like that record at all. I think it's garbage. But um, <laughs> I don't. How do you really um, feel? <laughs> and then and then like his up, Chris dropped his other record. And I th- like, oh, there it is. Like I, I Chris makes great music and his band's killer and that's all i got to say can about i that. can i let me let me qualify quantify qualify let me let me add qualify what, you, what i said add what you just said about about neville jacobs <laughs> if you listen to that record you can clearly tell which tunes chris wrote and which tunes ivan wrote and the chris tunes are are gold on that record not the ivan but tunes. and 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 let me jump in on that is i don't love the record but the last time i saw them play I was blown away. Really? I'm sure it was great live. I'm sure well, they're a live band. But no, but but it isn't. Like the first time I remember when they did like the album release before mm-hmm. the album ever came out, I came like I got hired to come photograph it in Baltimore and I I hated the show. Really? I thought I thought it was bad. I thought it was sloppy. You could tell that obvious and, and it's obvious like they didn't rehearse, you yeah. know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How could you? 
Yeah. They they all got together. It was a remote thing. They came in. They would write and record and play whatever. They made an album, and then like six months later, they came and did one show, and right. I didn't think it was good, and I was kind of turned off. And then they came back again. Same band, like, like you know, Tony Hall. Same, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, same band, Tony Hall, Ivan Neville, uh, Brady Blade, Chris Jacobs, and I was like, Chris is my boy. I'm coming no matter what. Right, and. I, I put my camera down for a while and I was like, holy shit. The the harmonies came together, like everything came together. It was better, it was better than the album. But I also agreed, like the you know the I think, songwriting aspect of the album was not what we were looking for. Yeah, and I and I'm not I'm not like trying to like defend it because I was in a band with Chris or anything. Like I it's not one of my favorite Chris's out of of his albums, but you definitely like you can tell there's a huge difference in the songwriting between what Ivan did and what Chris did, and like I think Chris's writing is a hundred times better than. I, I love Ivan Neville. I totally yeah. agree. I totally. I mean, Chris is like he's been stepping up his game every every year. He's like, it's like a fucking video game where like in like in Mario <laughs> when you when you eat the mushroom and you get bigger. Like Chris's game every year is just getting so much better. It's when we bring like, Chris on, can you be like, "Hey, so what's it like eating the mushroom and getting bigger and and being dude, I, I, oh, 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 the, the shit I'm gonna fucking if we get Chris on this, the shit I'm gonna ask him, you're not even gonna be comfortable with. It's gonna be fucking so funny. Anyway, that's I, my number I two. Used to, I used to live in when I, when I when I was trying to move back to Hamden. I was like looking for a house. I was couch surfing. I was living in in Phil Chorney's basement, which was right next door to Chris Jacobs' house in Hampton. And he knew I was looking for a house. And he had texted me. He was like, hey, you still trying to get a house? I'm like, dude, I need a house. I'm living on a fucking couch Mm -hmm. in the basement. And he was like, you want my house? And I was like, uh, yeah. (laughs) And Chris, like, Chris, Chris helped change, like, change my whole life. He, like, like, put me, he, he helped me get in the house. He's that's awesome and, and, I, and I had that house for like five years yeah. yeah and he had that house for like six years i was like i'm moving in the house that has the mojo of chris jacobs <laughs> and i remember talking to patrick about it and he was like chris never wrote in there he was like i had to go in the basement like patrick rainey from the bridge the saxophone player li- like lived with them for a little bit and he would have to go into the basement to write <laughs> and i remember when i was like putting a bunch of storage shit in the basement i found a bunch of weird like fucking pot bowls and shit nice. up there there's there's some i love that fucking house i miss that house a little bit i'm glad i'm here in philly but i, I miss that house a little bit jordan august, jordan august. luke take it away number two buddy he, luke is falling asleep <laughs> i'm good i'm good my number two is tedeschi trucks fan revelator oh fuck i forgot about tedeschi trucks 2011 nice. it's their first record and obviously, big Derek Trucks fan. Uh, but it's just a great record. And we were talking a lot about how um, Derek Trucks didn't write a lot for his old band. But I'm looking at the writing credits. He's got writing credits on every song. Oh, wow. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Co-writing credits. Derek Krasno has a bunch of credits on there, too. Wasn't he the producer? Uh, no, I think after this one. Oh, I thought he only yeah. produced this record. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think he was after this one. Yeah, it was after this one because it was once O'Teal once O'Teal left uh, is when uh, 
Eric Krasner really jumped in. I mean, he still has like some songwriting credits, but um, yeah, he he jumps in later. Yeah, but cool, great, great record. Yeah. It's this is always my go-to Tedeschi Trucks band record when I when I pull out a record to listen on on the on the record player. This is my oh one. yeah. Come come see about me. Like yeah, that's a great one. I fucking love that song, and I and like I've covered it a couple times, but it's really weird for me to sing it. Yeah. So that, to, it's pretty high, isn't it? Yeah, it's super high, and like I I do it as more of like a like R and B slow jam. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, come see about me, yeah. And like, cool. fucking, cool. and, and make it like a you know like a slow groove because otherwise it's just so rocking and it's it's perfect. That's a perfect record. The whole record's perfect. Yeah, it is awesome. That's all my honorable mentions. Cool. Right on. Go ahead, Mark. My number two is uh, Blackberry Smoke, The Whippoorwill, 2012. Wow. Oh, it's so, interesting you picked that one. Yeah, so this this album, so I love so I love Blackberry Smoke, but that album was the first album I bought. Uh, I'd never heard of them. Uh, my buddy Nate Gross, who Luke and Rob, you guys know, um, he turned me on to them. He was like, oh, check them out. So I bought, I, I listened to this record. I loved it, bought it. Um, just like fun southern rock man and and the 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 music the, the music world was missing a band like this we we had bands that were trying to do this but it just wasn't happening and and they fucking brought it and this album i think has more like the best part about this band charlie star the the lead singer and guitar player he writes some of the best hooks like you you can walk away singing these tunes but they're also they can jam on them too it, it's not like pop music either you know what i mean like he writes, yeah. writes great lyrics, great hooks, and he's a killing player. Great guitar harmonies, and it's just it's it, in my opinion, it's one. Of, they're one of the best, the best bands that come out of this decade. Yeah, yeah they're fantastic. He's, we were supposed fucking, to go to that show. They're badass. Yeah. I, I photographed them opening up for Tedeschi Trucks band. Nice. And they and Susan and Derek brought him out like that the the lead guitar singer guy to to play with them, and that's cool. It was. It's such a, a fantastic he, he's phenomenal man he he write, he writes all that music and his lyrics and the writing it's so mature and so like the songs go places they're not it's not just like here's three chords and then a big jam which no, i no, love there's nothing wrong with that but like, like i think it's really it's really intelligent but the, uh especially like when you in, when you put singing into it mm-hmm uh, and they're and they're a really riffy band. Yeah, for sure. So it's like they already have like the smartness of of writing riffy music, and then they put melodies on top of it. I think mm-hmm. that's that's really tough. Yeah, know? yeah. And, the, and the as mel- a songwriter, I'm like, fucking, I just need three <laughs> chords and some words and a melody. <laughs> then you put a goddamn riff into it, and, and I'm like, oh shit. And okay. everything works together. It's kind of like they they kind of. In a different sense, they kind of remind me of Leonard Skinner in that you had three guitar players in that band, and each each guitar player had a role, and they never were playing the same thing. No, no one's ever playing over. And anyone. Blackberry Smoke is the same way. You've got two guitar yeah. players, keys, bass, and drums, but then They're you so also good. have a vocal melody line that, for my money, is far far more 
um, complicated isn't the word, but far more involved than what Skinner was doing. That's like the third guitar part. So you have these three parts that all kind of kind of work together, but no one's playing the same thing. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's perfect. I agree. So yeah, great great songwriting, great band. They I remember also like not to elongate Blackberry Smoke, but I remember <laughs> when I was photographing them and I was up front. Their fucking stage volume was so loud. I can only imagine. <laughs> so loud. They must have crazy crazy tinnitus. It's like. I mean, well, they all they all had like in ears and stuff, so it's you know I'm I'm sure. Oh my god! It is what it is, but yeah, they're a very loud band. They were so fucking loud. We uh, I played with Nate's band, Tumbleweed Highway. We opened for them in Syracuse one time, and they were so it was it was like an 800 capacity room. It was sold out, and we were in like the second row. We're like fucking yeah, Blackberry Smoke. And after like three songs, I had to move. I had to be an old man and move to the back because it was so loud. Yeah, so dude, that I, must, she must have been ridiculous. Then it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, I was allowed to be up front a little longer than normal, and I was like, I, I can't do this. <laughs> I had, I had earplugs in. And I was right. like, I can't, I can't do this. Is this guitar amps or the way they do their PA and everything? Or their like, no, stage it, volume was high, right? Yeah, their their stage volume was really high, but also they had um, like little, uh, like mini monitors on the front of the stage. Because, like, you know, the Man Center is a 14,000-person, you know, venue. The 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 inside pavilion itself is 5,000 people. So the way the speakers hang, d- the front row doesn't always get the best sound. So they have, like, these mini monitors that, like, are right in your face. And the Man Center mm-hmm. stage is only three and a half feet tall. Oh, wow. So, That's it? You know, it's tiny. Ooh. So, like, shut up. <laughs> I had flame in my throat. That's it. <laughs> so, like, Sorry. When you're up there and you go to take a picture, like, literally, there's a speaker right here, and you're taking a picture, and it's hitting you right here in the face. Wow. In the ear. Um, and I'm, I remember, like, being like, okay, I can't fucking do this. Like, <laughs> I, I want the extra time. I love this. I'm, like, I'm loving this band. And same thing for Deskator Trucks. They're, they're, they were a little bit better because they do cover the front uh, of their amps with like plexi. Mm. Do they? Black Blackberry Smoke was just like, no, fuck you, they're, dude. They're a fucking old school like just they are rock and roll rock band, and dude. Fucking they're roll. Fucking they they remind band. me more of Deep Purple than and any band I've ever seen. Yeah, they're they're fucking loud, dude. And then they're great. They they're awesome. Anyway, great band. Blackberry they're perfect. Smoke. The Whipper Will. Right on. Who's up? It's uh, Jordan August. It's me. Me. Uh, hey. Hey, hey, buddy. Yeah. Hey, uh, Jordan here. August here. Jordan August from Fishtown, Pennsylvania. I've been waiting to talk about this record since we started this shit. Um, the new Basement Tapes. Mmm. Yeah. It's a great album. Uh, it's called Lost on the River. It's from 2014. The story behind it is amazing. Um, it's a super group of musicians that had two weeks to write an album. Jim James, Elvis Costello, Marcus Bumford, Taylor Goldsmith, and Rhiannon Giddens. Uh, produced by T-Bone Burnett. There was a box of paper lyrics from 1967 founded in the old pink house from Bob Dylan. 
So the whole record is Bob Dylan lyrics that were not songs that these five musicians turned into songs. Um, That's so cool. And there's a, you know, there's a, there, obviously there's an album. The album's incredible. There's a documentary you can watch. I think it was on Showtime. It was. Um, it just the, the process of watching like the stress of everybody being like so overwhelmed by it and having this time frame and, and seeing T-Burn Burnout be like, first take, oh no, we're good. And the <laughs> musicians being like, dude, no. <laughs> and, He's like, no, we're fine. Let's go. Um, I got to watch that because I would love to have that in my, my balls and be like, oh, first take was fine. Moving right along. Yeah, no, he was, I mean, he was, you know, the, the boss. He was the big boss. This I mean, this album is another one of those things, you know, th- that are behind me the way Snarky Puppy or the Lone Bellow or Chris Jacobs is uh, in inspiring me to just take what you have and make the most of it even if even if it's not perfect like you don't always have to spend six seven weeks or three four months on one song just finish the song put it out there even if you're just putting it out there for yourself like be done with the song and uh this documentary and the way that they wrote and produced this album is kind of insane uh i can't believe it happened but obviously they have these incredible musicians that that uh that t-bone burnett put together with it you know people from my morning jacket mumford and sons the carolina chocolate drops and dolls like come on it's just like yeah it's a good mix of guys yeah for sure and I, I think that not enough people know about it. That's why I put it high on my list because all the every song is completely different. Everyone should be listening to it. It's it's funky, it's folky, it's songwritery, it's depressing. I definitely like uh that down on the bottom song. That song's awesome. Yeah. Jim James. Jim James, buddy. Yeah. I think like they're the guitar tones bass tones uh, obviously your your favorite one of your favorite drummers is like a uh, is the a, ma- sec- a secondary drummer on on the yeah, record he's the man yeah so i i think just like i think watching the documentary would could really as a musician could change a lot of um approaches to all of sure this. it's on my list People. all right all right we, we're making one. around number ones baby uh okay Rob Tate here. My number one. Lay it on me, baby girl. It's Chris Stapleton's Traveler album. Wow. Nice. I had no, no fucking idea who Chris Stapleton was. Oh. And then, you know, Tennessee Whiskey came out of fucking nowhere. Steel Drivers, dude. Well, I didn't know that. You know, I wasn't a Steel Drivers fan. And I people knew who that band was, but I didn't. And then <clears throat> this record came out and I freaked out. The, the yeah. band, the drums, all of every single song on this album, I couldn't cut. And it's a long album, if I'm not mistaken. It's like 14 songs. 
Yeah. It's incredible. And it's, I didn't yeah, even it's know a lot of songs. It's like two covers, Travel, I mean not Traveler. Uh Tennessee Whiskey's a cover and was it 26 is a um F- what's fire, his name? Fire Away was a big um they, they they did a big music video for that. Oh yeah, it's inc- it's great. I mean Par- the parach- Parachute Parachute no, Nobody to Blame. But like he wasn't originally going to do this. Like here's a quote real fast. He uh, lost here's here's what Chris Stapleton said about inspiration for the album. I lost my dad in October 2013 and did a little bit of soul searching. My wife was kind enough to buy me an old Jeep. We flew out to Phoenix and drove it all the way back to Nashville through the desert. I thought a lot about music and my dad and the things that he would have liked that I should have been doing. Out of that, I actually wrote the song Traveler driving down Interstate 40 through New Mexico. That became the cornerstone for the record and wound up being the title track. Like he wasn't sure what he was doing. And then, like, because of his dad's influence and his wife's influence, he decided he was actually going to be put out a record. Before, he was just writing for other people. Like, one of these songs was actually written for Willie Nelson. And, like, he wrote for a ton of people. You go on Spotify and look at uh, songs that Chris Stapleton wrote. I think it's a playlist. Tons of country songs. Tons of rock songs. He's a millionaire from his songwriting post-Steel Drivers. And his, his wife... And this is probably a story that you wouldn't find on Wikipedia or something, but um, when he was in the Steel Drivers, he was like a big drunk. No, I heard about that. And and his wife was like, "Dude, you gotta fucking settle down." And he was like, "But I, but I need to play music." And she's like, "Well, you need to find a better way to fucking do it." So he left the Steel Drivers and he stayed home, and he stopped touring because he was getting too drunk on the road. Mm-hmm. And him and his wife you know we're basically writing songs together you know and she had you know he had her to like kind of bounce ideas off and he started writing and that's when he got into the nashville songwriting world and then he was making millions of dollars and all these other people were playing his songs and he was like what the fuck like i want to play these songs i want to i want to build a band i want to go on tour and so he wrote traveler and he looked at his wife and he was like these songs are taking me on the road. And she said, well, I'm coming with you. That's pretty cool. And, and she recorded all the background vocals for him on that record. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, it's amazing. Now, it's an hour she long. Is, she is. Yeah. She's the touring background vocalist for him all the time, even now. Well, not right now, but just <laughs> leading up to now, she was like fucking nine months pregnant with like, and still, singing backup vocals on the tour yeah just keeping him in check probably yeah keeping his ass in check like but i mean look great record it's a it's a big record too it's long but like it's it's fantastic all the music's great the organ on that uh, album's great too anyway i'm done it's it's an honorable mention for me nice my number one is the wood brothers the muse yeah that was in my honorable mentions oh nice Came out in 2013. Uh, it's a great record. Big fan of Oliver Wood and Chris Wood and John O'Ricks, uh, three guys in the band. But yeah, great, great songwriting. Great lyrics. Too. I think it said this in the 2000s one. <clears throat> I think this was the band that got me into listening to lyrics because before that I didn't pay it much mind. But this kind of, I didn't have a choice. But uh, <laughs> great production, great tunes. Um, great band. I could have put any of their shit that they did, 
2010, but this was probably the one that I listened to. Yeah, like Last Drop's a good record, but The Muse has like a lot of great songs on it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think so. that that was the record for me with them. Yeah, that one has um uh uh I got loaded, right? That's on that one. Mm-hmm. The the cover. Yeah, that's a great song. Nice. Wasting my mind is great. Yeah. Honey jar is great. It's just great. It's so great. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's so great. I think I got loaded is it would be a good tune for um Hamblin Relay. We played it at weddings when we do wedding gigs. We do that song. We should well yep. when Jordan when you're playing with us, we should do it. You sang it. Yeah. I sang it last time. <laughs> yeah, we did it the really? old school yeah. way. We did it the old school way, like the the not the boogaloo, but like the the train beat last I night. Like, I like the Los Lobos version. I got no. I, I actually, I you know, I I do like the the kind of New Orleans style train beat, uh, second line version. But I, I play it. I don't know. I don't know what key it's in. G or E. We we did it in G. I don't know. If that's the key. It's yeah. In, but. I think I play it in G, but I put a capo over. It looks like E. Capo, bro. Capo, rapo. Guitar players, man. Capo, rapo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Marco, rapo. What? Right. What? Your number one. <laughs> My number one. Another Grammy winner. Another Grammy Grammys that no one's heard of. Uh, Mike Ferris, shine for all the people. So who, who is that? Mike Ferris was the was the uh, uh, was the lead singer of the Screaming Cheetah Wheelies in the nineties. Okay, and still don't know who that is. They, okay, that's fine. They were they were actually they were actually a, a pretty big band. Oh, you have this early, shirt? Yeah, I, I have the Shine for All the People shirt. Yeah, um, they were actually a pretty big band in the early nineties. They toured with ZZ Top. They they did they were on like they were kind of like the Blackberry Smoke of the early nineties, basically. Okay, um, and uh, they were like kind of rising pretty fast. And then they broke up, and Mike Ferris uh, attempted suicide, and he became like a raging alcoholic and drunk and and uh, drug addict. And then he kind of found Jesus, and he kind of came back up, and he and he started this doing this like gospel thing, this like New Orleans gospel thing. And he had a new band, um, and he's put out a couple of records since getting sober, and this album. Won Grammy for the best gospel record in 20, 2014. 15. 14. Well, it says 14, but I don't know. Okay. Whatever. Um, anyway, I think I think it came out in 14, but the Grammys were in 15. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But um, it's it's a fucking great record, man. And it, the, some of the highlights on this record, he does How It Feels to Be Free, which we which we play. I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. Um, he does that tune. Uh, His Eye on the Sparrow, River Jordan, Jonah and the Whale. And and like some other tunes like uh, Mercy Now he does uh, on another another one of his records he he does uh, a lot of staple singer stuff which is really mm-hmm. cool um, he did a, he did an album with uh, Mavis Staples too um, that's pretty cool so he's fucking great man um, he, and he's he has a real powerful voice like he grew up singing like in in church as a kid and um, he's just he's great so this 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 record. I love the wheelies and I and I was really pissed and bummed when they broke up but when he came out with his solo career this album I I listen to it all the time still to this day it's a great record so that's my number 1 It's a solid awesome. That's a good that's a good backstory on an album too Yeah like the wheelies the wheelies were like a great like hard rocking southern rock band and they like they were they rose really fast they were only banned for like four or five years and 
they like crashed hard. Like they just they they did like two hundred plus shows a year, couldn't get along, and just broke up. And Mike Ferris just went into depression and you know became a drunk. And then like he came out of it and won a Grammy. You know that's so that's such a cool so, story. Yeah, but that's my number one. Number one, Mark Brown. All right, this is me. This is you. This is the end of it. This is the end of our decades podcast. Till the next ten years. Yeah, we gotta wait. We have to wait ten <laughs> more years we'll to before we can do this again. <laughs> we need like another topic to do. This is fun. Next week, what do you guys want to talk about next I'm, week, guys? Yeah, I was trying to be like dramatic, but like this is the end, brother. Here we go. No, there is no end, bro. This is gonna keep going. No. Man. All right. Uh, real talk with Bill Mar. Jordan August, fucking Fishtown, Pennsylvania. What I think is the the best album of the 2010s Anderson Pack Ventura nice nice good choice cool um your reaction means you haven't listened to it I like that <laughs> so when you I listen haven't. to it you're going to be like holy shit um it's a hip hop album Anderson Pack is a is a classically trained drummer but he's he's a rapper he's a frontman he's a singer he um, is everything that Kanye should have been but wasn't. I know that's like fucking hard words. But for real, Anderson Pack is no fucking joke. He worked his ass off for forever. He uh, put out many albums. I think this, is, this was his fifth album. He won a Grammy for it. He... Um, let, let me list like okay. Track one has Andre 3000 on it, track two wow. has Smokey Robinson on it, uh, track nine has Brandy on it, track 11 has Nate Dogg on it, and Anderson has writing credits on all of it. Obviously, there's co writes, but it's it's the best feel good album. It makes you dance. It makes you feel good. It makes you kiss your woman. It makes you fuck really nice. <laughs> it's it's just it's everything music is supposed to be, like put into a hip hop record, which I'm I'm not like a, a I don't fucking do hip hop. I don't write soul songs. This this record like changed my approach to how I listen to everyone else's music. And I got to see him live in May of 2019 at a small show, a really special show in the desert of Arizona. And he was such a good dude. You got to meet him. He was, it was just amazing. And it made me re-list, like his show blew me away, but I, I re-listened to the record and it just like, Everyone should just sit down and like go for a walk, go for a run, go for a bike ride and listen to this record Ventura. It it's it's amazing. The stories on the songs are good. The hip hop is great. The music is amazing. His band is called the Free Nationals. They're their own band. They're doing their own thing. They have their own record. You can listen to them too. But 
This is my number one. I think it's the best record of Sweet. the 2010s. That's awesome. That's awesome. I'll definitely listen to it. We did it, guys. We did it. We made it. The top Holy ten. Holy shit. Go listen to Anderson Pack. Anderson Pack. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice work, guys. Hey, we, did, we did all the decades. Hey, if you guys are still with us, thank you for listening to all our top tens. We're going to come out with another selection for us to do our uh, top tens or something on our podcast. We'll figure something out. But uh, until next time, peace and love. Hope to see you out on the road soon, but probably not. So keep come checking and hanging out with us here. Deuces. Peace. Nice job, boys. We did it. We need, we need new topics. We need new guests, too. We did too. it, yeah. We should get some porn stars on here. Let's just we, do it. I would yeah. love that. We should definitely, you know, like, call some favors in. But we should. what if we did, like, a food podcast? How? Food podcast? Or what? Talk about our favorite foods. Well, how, okay. So you well, it's like, a music podcast, You mean, like, though. so do check this out, but we do, like, a thing about... So, okay, so... I wouldn't mind doing like a set. We we could do like a thing where we talk about food on the road, like food we've eaten on the road, or like yeah yeah, the hot, yeah. We could we could talk about the hot sauce and shit. Yeah, I'm down to do that. Or like just yeah, do a one off like a food podcast, like food mm-hmm. on the road. Your your favorite restaurants or like the and I'll, you, yeah, and I'll turn out some stories too. The, the yeah. easy stuff that you can get, you know, traveling. Remember? Remember that Mexican restaurant? I, don't think <laughs> I you still there, can't George. believe we found that. <laughs> that so ridiculous. loud. The music was so loud. And no, the nobody, food was awesome. The food was incredible. But, dude, we walked out having worse tinnitus or tinnitus than we would at an actual show. Yeah, that was unbelievable. We were trying to figure it out. Like, why is it so loud? Are they trying to make it seem like there's an actual mariachi band in here? Like, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was funny as shit. And didn't we ask for them to turn it down? They wouldn't. I think she just gave you like a blank stare. Oh, that's right. She didn't understand my English. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. what you were asking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, then let's do that next week. Let's do it. And we Calendar. could do like, I, I don't know if it'd be, I don't think it's a good idea, but I'm just going to talk anyway. Is like uh, <laughs> your favorite, like favorite venues. Yeah. Well, that, that's not that's a bad cool idea. One. And like, and you know, like I wouldn't say like, oh, what, what were your least favorite venues? That's a bad idea. No, we shouldn't. We shouldn't talk shit unless, unless there's like a. I mean, we shouldn't talk shit about anything or anybody, you know. But yeah, yeah, actually, exactly. it'd be cool to tell the stories about it. But like, you can't say what the place is. Just like a story about the bad venue, about what was bad about yeah. it. We can just talk, yeah. and I can always cut names out if there's a name in there. That no, I think like I think there's there's a way to like to come up with an episode like a title of the episode like hey this is blah 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 and talk about your your good and your bad venues across the country mm-hmm. i think there's a way to actually do that yeah yeah ta- and like and you know we'll just like talk about it and we'll make lists and not like not really scripted but have like you know maybe a, a document that we all have up sure 
to play off of. Yeah, that's um, a good idea. I mean, anything just to keep because we have plenty of time to keep creating content, so we should keep yeah. creating content. <laughs> and I think content. I think I think content. the food a food thing is is smart to do because I know that there's other bands that are doing like uh, cook you know cooking with dopapod cooking with fish cooking with tedeschi trucks i'm just i'm saying those names because i can't remember what the bands are but yeah um where we can have recipes um that we talk about Mm -hmm. and but we also like post uh or we we talk about like what like what are you eating right now you know like like this week what have you ate like this week i like i ate like fucking shit i made homemade fucking cheesesteaks it sounds amazing actually you know, kind of hungry it, see normally i would so stop hungry. at wawa on my dead. way home and get food from this podcast but psych not not this time not today are you they still open like regular wawa inside but you can only go until like what 9 p.m yeah they close at a certain time and you gotta have a ma- you have a mask. i mean i have a mask kate made a bunch of masks i have a mask somewhere but but uh yeah it kind of sucks so i just go home and eat fucking what do we have tonight for dinner we had, oh, we had, I'll, I'll eat my Olive Garden leftovers. There you go. <laughs> my, chicken, my chicken parm and spaghetti for le- for leftovers, bro. I made, uh, I did these pork, I made pork chops uh, that I soaked in olive oil and oregano. I've or done no, that. Par- parsley. And then once it was cooked, I did a, a, a raw honey and honey mustard thing. That I sprinkled across the whole thing. Oh wow, that's cool. It's fucking good. Oh, you put on the honey yeah. after. I I put it on before. I put it on after because sometimes the the sugar burns in, in the honey. It burns too much. That's what happened when I did it at home. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I, I did it after, and I and I did this all in a pan, like inside. I didn't do anything on the grill. Well, I did it on a, a cast iron griddle. Right. So I, yeah, I, yeah. Had, I had grill marks, but man, I feels you. And then I did, good. I did Brussels sprouts, coated in garlic oh, infused so olive oil with Old Bay and nice. Parmesan cheese. So, and then oh I did fucking uh, parsnip fries. I've never cooked parsnips in my life until today. How are they? Parsnip fries soaked in olive oil and balsamic vinegar. And then sauteed in the balsamic, so it candied it. Oh wow! So they were, they were like crispy because yeah. of the balsamic, and sweet because of the parsnip. Fucking, that's dope. Hey, save, I'm now starving save it for the food podcast, dude. We'll we'll do it. Yeah, let's. Dude, let's I got. I was just gonna say let, let's let's talk about it this week and come up with like kind of like a direction. You know what I mean? And like, yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's fucking do it. Well, we should definitely do like maybe a short podcast and like go over um like our honorable mentions. But oh, then, shit. yeah, we didn't do that, did we? That's all right. That's fine. That's fine. But like just in general for like all of it. We should um, also try to keep if we do like a food pod I mean I don't know if I want to do if I, I think a three hour food podcast is the is no, the, is the, just like, a quick one. We should quick keep one. everything like under an hour. For those, it, you know what I mean? Maybe we do it like one one person at a time. Oh, we could. I mean, we we could all talk about it, but just go around once once. Hey, what do you know? Like you we're know? we're all on, but one person talks about one recipe. 
Okay. So right. Like one one podcast would be me, and the next one would be Rob, and the next one would be Luke, and then it'd be you or whatever. Sure. We could do that. And and that would keep it short. Right. Right. Yeah, just anything under an hour I think would be would be ideal. Like we we've been yeah. keeping the the interview podcast like to an hour or two. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's been giving us better results. Yeah, Christina yeah. Bain is going to drop hopefully tomorrow. I haven't started editing. Hey, hers, hey Mark, no rush. Easy. There's other shit to do, you know? <laughs> it should be easy to edit, though, so it should be a big Is that the girl from uh, Nashville? That's your girlfriend, bro. Yeah, your wife, bro. Damn, when did you do that? Last, uh, last week, two weeks ago? Wait, did she ask about me? He <laughs> talked about you. You know he's going to check out that podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> I probably will. All right, hey guys. Uh, you know, Sorry, oh, yeah. quick, quick note. I was watching um, this documentary, the, the what's it called, the Wild and Wonderful Whites of West Virginia. <laughs> what do you think <laughs> of that you, shit? Dude? You, I've seen some of it. Have you, seen it all. Dude, it's pretty hilarious. My friend told me to watch it, but they go out. It's somewhere in West Virginia, and they go out to this bar. And I, I was like, I was kind of drunk when I was watching it, but I could have <laughs> swore to God it was the empty glass. It might have been, like, dude. Been, Dude, it man. looked exactly like it. There was a band there. The backdrop of the band was like the shitty, like it, it probably was mosaic thing. The door, I remember the door, and like next to the dumpster, I was trying to search it up, and I couldn't find anything. What's the name but, of the show? Uh, the <laughs> the wild and wonderful whites of West Virginia. And what, you should watch what, what it. Is what song? is this about? It's about this redneck family from West Virginia. And it's just a documentary <clears throat> that follows like the ridiculous shit that they get into. Is this into. on like, Netflix? What's this on? It's on uh, it's on Amazon Prime for free. Okay. Just Dope. go and scroll through it. It's pretty ridiculous. It's like a lot of getting drunk and self tattooing, and the one <laughs> huge shot is uncle Story in the face and fuck yeah. his cousin. It's pretty ridiculous. Rob, why Johnny Knoxville produced it. <laughs> I hit a button. Sorry. <laughs> But I was watching, I was freaking out because I was like, if that's the empty glass, uh, you know, I feel famous. You want to go play there again is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, but you should you should check it out. I will. All right, boys, I'm going to bed. All right, guys. Yeah, All right, I'm I, peace. I'm going to roll. See you guys. We'll talk. Peace, y'all. Good peace, job, y'all. Nice peace. job, guys. Stay safe. You too. Much love. Peace. Much love. How do I stop this thing now? Here we go. Rob's always trying to go to bed so early. I know. I got to. I don't know how to do this. What am I doing here? More. Just hit end. I'll just quit. Just, just quit. Bye. Just Love bye. you, bye. Love you, bye. <laughs> <laughs> See you later. Players? Dudes? <laughs> Dudes? My fart, my farts smell so bad. Yes. I, I definitely have some beer farts going on over here, too, but it's cool. <clears throat> Try some rock and rye. This is, uh, what did I buy? Uh, VO. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, the real good stuff. <laughs> You have to go all the way to Jersey for that shit right now. Right. Fun fact that I didn't know. ShopRite 
right there is 73 and church road in cinnamonson or whatever that fucking town is i don't know if it's morristown quite yet but they sell liquor in the grocery store the shop right right near me or or in yeah, yeah, I mean, pretty close to you. Yeah, off of seventy. Was that seventy? Or one thirty? The one on one thirty. The one, the one on it's in Cinnaminson, basically, is the town. Yes, yes, yeah, it's the Cinnaminson yeah, on one thirty. That's where I usually get my liquor from there, honestly. That's I. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I've been going to um, the liquor store across the street, the the wine cellar. Okay, cool. Um, I think it, it's probably a little bit cheaper, but. Is it? I got. I usually well. Okay, so I go to Shoprite. Shoprite's kind of expensive, but it's convenient because I can get my groceries and my liquor. Yeah. Well, but, that that Shoprite is cheaper than the um, the Acme here in Fishtown. Oh wow. Okay. And it, it's worth paying the five dollar toll to to take the drive over there. That's cool. Um, I be, I have been going to ride the the big Roger Wilco, not the one at the end of at the end of Broad Street here, but if you go down seventy three a little ways, there's another mm-hmm. Roger. Wilco. That one's nice. There's a ton of shit there. I usually go, that's usually where I go get booze from. But when I left the studio the other day, I was like, I'm not going to the the, the one next door to you. It, it, like the line was crazy. There was like people everywhere. It Dude, was and, like, and they don't adhere to was, like the rules either. They're they're really. I, it was yeah, it was fucked up. I was like, "Fuck that! I'm gonna go to Roger Wilco." Yeah, and I drove down the road and I get to Roger Wilco, and there's like no line, and I was like, "That's weird." That's uh, and I like get out, I get out of the car, put my mask on, and fucking walk up, and they were fucking closed. What? What they time? They were closed it? just just for that day to clean the store. Oh wow! Was and it pulled? Did you go to the other one? There's one right. No, like right pe- down the street. People were losing their fucking mind in the parking <laughs> lot, like. The fucking old white women they're like what the fuck <laughs> i, I was like i was like fuck is, that i'm going to the wine cellar <laughs> why is fucking why is pennsylvania uh, well it's better now right like did they open our liquor nope. store no no why, no why would you like in a time like this people need and want to drink and you're keeping people in business too like this liquor store next to us has employed like three more people Oh, I'm sure. You know, or four more it's, people. Like it's crazy. I've I've I had been in that in that place a couple times, like before all this shit went down. And it was every time I've been in there, it's been me and the cashier. That's it. It's always there's no there's never anyone in there. Every time I've been in there since this shit's gone down, there's like fifteen people, three people waiting outside, three cashiers, one dude on the phone behind the counter just ordering more booze, like going crazy. <laughs> Like, you know they're uh, making crazy amounts of money. They, right I, now. I, I read an article today that liquor sales are up four hundred and forty-one percent. Does not surprise me. Wow, four hundred and forty-one percent. And this place here's I I try not to go there because they if you look if you compare their prices they mark their shit up like a bottle of beef eaters is like seven dollars more than it would be anywhere else. Well, that's because, insane. That's because Riverton's dry, and that's the next liquor store, right? Exactly. Yeah, Riverton's dry. So. You, you it, all the restaurants are BYOB. So, yeah. but I did hear something cool. So we're we're trying to move into that space two houses down from us, right? That's yeah. our right. goal. Um, and if we do that, then we can practice there and not have to worry about the noise and be great. But anyway, fuck, um, fuck bitches get money. Fuck bitches get money. And Kate sleep. Kate, Kate can sleep through a war, so she doesn't. She won't hear a thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> but but uh, w- when we were the guys that own that building, they're architects and. So they they've done architecture around around town. And they were telling us that they've had several 
guys come in and they're they're interested in built putting two breweries in Riverton, which would be awesome because you can do a brewery. You just you don't buy beer, you buy like tokens and they give you beer, or some shit. Like there there's ways around it. You know what that's I mean? how like that's how dispensaries are in in Washington D.C. You, you buy a you buy a fifty dollar hoodie, but you get like three and a half grams of weed with it. So like uh-huh. <laughs> like Village Idiot in Mount Holly, that's uh, a brewery. They what they do is you have you have to take the tour, otherwise they're not allowed to to be open to the public. So their tour is literally you walk up to their cash register and there's a computer screen and it says have you taken the tour and there's a picture of their brewery, and you just look at it and say, I've taken the tour. <laughs> <laughs> and then, they, and then you, buy, you buy <laughs> you buy wooden tokens. You give them the tokens. They give you a beer. So I love the U.S. It's freaking. It's that's <laughs> so crazy. You know. So. I mean, Riverton's way cuter and way nicer than Palmyra, and I think you know it obviously could benefit from having a brewery. There's Weren't you supposed to get Goose Island or something? Uh, we were supposed to get. Uh, well, Double Nickel looked at Riverton initially, but like the town shut it down. Every time somebody comes in, the town says, "No, we're a bunch of old fucking fogies." It, it's know? it's all yeah, it's all colonial conservatives. Yeah, it's like there. So, you know the you Jordan, you don't know, but but Luke and Rob, I told you guys about that bank that we tried to buy last year, yeah. two years ago. So the oh, building, we lost Luke. Oh, he'll come back. Okay. Yeah, the building. He just, he just yeah. He just sent us a text. Yeah, okay. Is he coming back? Yeah. He's like, I'm out. Peace. Fuck you guys. He's like, fuck the 2010s, bro. <laughs> so the building across the street from that used to be the the real bank, like the bank that I used to go to. It's now like just office space. <clears throat> There's a guy trying to buy that building and turn it into a brewery, and, That's and like cool. have like have like a tasting room in like where like the tellers would have been. That that would be the bar, and yeah. the, the 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 fermenters would be in the back. But I don't know. The town will probably shut them down. Like they do everything. So, I mean, it ta- it takes one one fucking brewery to change everything. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's that's like what Union did. Union was super small. Yeah, they they were nothing. Like they had two. They had a two t- tap tap room. No cans. No nothing. And they opened up. That like there was a huge brewery. What's it? Um. Uh, the big one in Mount Vernon and Baltimore, whatever. They're a you know a a big brewery, and Union opened up. They had two fucking beers, and they became like a culture. And it everyone in the neighborhood became a part of the culture, and then everyone in the surrounding neighborhood became a car- part of the culture. Right, and it, it changed everything. So like someone can come in there with like a small little dinky hundred thousand dollar brewery. And change Riverton for the yeah. best. Well, and, and that'll bring like, it'll bring other things to town too. Like we'll get better restaurants. We'll get like, Absolutely. I've always said we have that we have Juanitas. I've always said like Juanitas should team up with a brewery and like you can get like ta- they'll have like tacos and shit at, at the brewery, you know or whatever. Yeah, you know? Juanitas should do a fucking food truck. They should. They well, should. <laughs> so did you hear about? Did I tell you about the we had food truck day in Riverton? And uh, Juanitas didn't have a food truck, but like Dooney's, the the Irish pub had a food truck, and a bunch of other like local spots. PJ Wellahans was there. Anyway, of course they were. Anyway, it wasn't very well planned, and so the the Dooney's truck, their exhaust stack was pointed right into somebody. It was in the summer, so somebody had their windows open, and their exhaust stack was pointed right into somebody's apartment window. 
Oh, shit. It's amazing. They were gone for the night. They came back. Their entire apartment was covered in grease. Oh, (laughs) fuck. I would freak out. Needless to say, we're not having a food truck day anytime soon. No, definitely not. (laughs) I would fucking beat some ass, dude. It was, and it was, what it was, was it wasn't Dooney's fault, whoever's food truck it was. It was the the planners. Whoever parked in there. Yeah, they were like, they were like, oh, just park wherever, man. How's this look? Cool. Okay, whatever. Like, no one, no one had thought about it, had thought it through. They were just like, yeah, let's have some food trucks. Cool. You know? And it's, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, for sure. It's a great idea. Like, like I would love to do. Like, Palmyra has a farmers market, and it's it's kind of cool. But like, the, the ta- these small towns, like the the town elders, I call them. Like, you know, the hey, Mark Brown. What's up? Can what's you up? let Luke in? Oh, sorry. You have to let Luke in. Sorry, my bad. Sorry. Like the town elders don't like. Oh shit! I need to get my battery charger. Wait, is there one up here? <laughs> hey, there he is, connecting to Whoa. audio. Bosney, what was wrong with your audio? I don't know. Can you hear me now? It's a little fuzzy. I hear you. I hear you. It's fuzzy. Or it's it was going in and out for me, but it's fine now. You can hear me now. As I can. You yeah. Before. Yeah. Yeah. yeah this is like a. Yeah, I don't know. I think something in my preferences got fucked up, and then I don't know. It's like a sprint commercial right now. Where did that guy go? He went to Verizon. No, he went to, he went to Sprint. He was Verizon. He went to Sprint. He, he was, was Verizon. Verizon. He went to Sprint. I I switched oh, to AT and T. Fuck Verizon. I got AT and T. I'm debating switching. They're just a little expensive. Uh, Verizon's way more expensive. Everything's expensive, dude. It's all expensive. But Life I, is expensive. I, I just switched over to Verizon or to AT and T from Verizon. Hey, I want to just ch- quick topic change. Just think about phones real quick. Have you guys seen the app Quibi? Yeah, they're I I don't know they're what they're advertising is, like it. crazy. It's kind of cool. So I got it. So they have a 90-day free trial. I don't plan on paying for this shit. When the 90 days are up, I'm canceling. But like it's kind of cool, man. It's like 5-6 minute episodes of like it's like an action show or like a thriller or like a comedy or like cooking like reality shows. It's like television, but every show is like 5 or 6 minutes long. So like you don't have to commit to something. It's like you're sitting on the toilet. Oh, watch an episode of this real quick. Cool, and then go do go back to business. That's smart. It's That's fucking better cool. Better than me look, look at a bunch of fucking big butts on Instagram. Well, I do that. So I haven't posted in a while on the butt group. I got to do that. Luke, are you? Is Luke in the butt group? No. You gotta. You gotta. We gotta add Luke. I left the butt group because it was too distracting. Luke, do you want to be in the butt group, bro? I don't know what's the butt group. Do you like big butts? And you cannot lie. Sure. All right. Well, we you have a, a pictures bu- of butts. Yeah, a bunch of us guys just share pictures of butts on Instagram. Sure. What what's your what's your Instagram handle? I can I can't just search fucking Lou Bosney and find you. It's Lou Ben. Uh, it's Lou Ben something. If you look, L-U- it's L U E B E N. L U E. Oh, there it is. Yeah. All right, dude. Welcome, welcome to the first day of the rest of your life. Thanks, bro. It's over for you. It's, it's it is on Instagram. Epic. Yeah, Instagram. Yeah, it'll be it'll be your private messages. It'll just get flooded every day with like <laughs> fucking thirty big booties. Hey, Rob. Yeah, we should try to get Eli Winderman on the podcast too. We definitely should. Have we, I would love. We to. haven't tried, have we? We should. We should definitely. We haven't tried. We haven't tried a lot of things. Um, uh, I think I have his phone number. I'll, I can. Cool. We need. I'll we need to out. start reaching above our pay grade. 
I agree. I agree. Well, we have lots of time to do that, and everyone, no one else, everyone else has time too. So, right. Yeah. So you know, as long as they're not expecting to get paid, you know, like I mean, I, I, I was uh, I was riding my bike down Spring Garden the other day. I rode by him. He was walking his dog. He has a big ass, uh, like a full size labradoodle. Oh, that's cool. It's awesome. Hey, do you guys want to do the top five? <laughs> <laughs> I just like talking to you guys. I mean, I, I miss you guys. This sucks. I miss you guys so much. It's so weird. I miss- All we have are our girlfriends or wives, except for Luke has like four roommates. <laughs> I miss. We I miss- lost. Luke is now deep in the ass right now. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> it is pretty awesome. <laughs> I, miss, I miss. I miss sitting in a car for eight hours with you guys. Did you guys realize two days ago we would have had to sit in a car for twelve hours? From it would have been awesome. It would have been awesome. It would have been fucking really good because at least I got my cell phone back. But, <laughs> yeah, um, I could have caught up on the voice and shit. The voice. This fucking dope fish hat I got, dude. That's a fish hat. It just looks like a bunch of red buttholes. On it's your it's hat, dude. <laughs> it's donuts, bro. Other oh, donuts. It's, it's, it's the Baker's, Baker's dozen. dozen. Yeah. Bro. Nice. Look at that shit. Hey, more donuts. Oh, God. Hey, tweezer. 